an iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. I drink it up. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon and 2000. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. I'm your GAC master, Brett Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) And this is episode number 262. We're talking the year in review 2007. Mmm, boy, I've been clamoring. Uh, Before I start gushing, uh, Brett, welcome back. You were just saying before we started recording how long it's been. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been about over a year since I did the man who be ugly with you guys. Yeah, and uh, it felt feels like a second. Like I swear, there's something going on with time where it just gets faster <laughs> and faster the older you get. Because yeah. you know, yeah. you you guys have some long-standing history with me, and it it just feels so quick. I don't I don't know where the time goes, and I don't know how to slow it down. But I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, no, you, sure. yeah. The fact that the pod's been around for six years is kind of right? baffling. And um, and I first heard you guys back in 2017 when I started my Scary Tales book. So yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel that long. <laughs> no, and Scary Tales has been out for two years, right? Almost three, and I'm oh actually my God. <laughs> I know I'm actually working on like trying to get it on online because I've been in talks with DJ McHale and oh, cool. a couple other people who've been publishing to like Kindle Direct and stuff. So. That, yeah. that was my main stumbling block to get it to the mainstream, but I'm really, really hoping that I can get it out this year and just lay it to rest and see what happens yeah. from there. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, if uh, I, I think I think our listeners are familiar, but if, if they don't know, Brett, uh, do your plug up front because these episodes yeah. can be long. Sometimes people fall asleep by hour three. Oh, boy. <laughs> are, are you sure about that? I, I listen to your episodes no matter how long they get. Oh, OK. Really oh, that's, we'll, we'll plug up front anyways. OK. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, I, I do my own 90s Nick podcast called Splat Attack. Um, really, it's just the result of me hanging out with Joe and Andrew so many times on their own show that inspired me to do my own podcast to kind yeah. of help them cover the the massive lexicon of 90s Nickelodeon shows, history and whatnot. So um, we're a little bit more video focused. So we have sure. a YouTube channel at Splat Attack Podcast. And then we also have our like main audio only episodes yeah. on Podbean. Uh, but you can listen to us wherever you can find podcasts. Um, you can, we can also go to our Patreon where you, you can become a Gakoid, which is like our, uh, you know, community over there. And we do bonus episodes, live streams, uh, behind the scenes content and all that good stuff. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. 
Um, we pick a lot of topics that haven't been covered yet. Some overlap, which is okay too. Yeah. And uh, we've also got in touch with a lot of Nick's celebrities and fellow podcasters to enjoy the fun with us. And I, I'm just surprised continuously who we're able to get. Uh, like, of course, you know, DJ McHale, uh, Richard Dumont, who played Sardo. He was yeah. with us a couple of times. Uh, who else? You guys had Jim Jenkins. Yeah, twice as well. Yeah. He was a lot of fun. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if anyone's interested in getting an extra helping, um, head on over to Splat Attack, wherever you can find us. Join the Patreon if you want, like, all the bonus episodes. And uh, it's a fun time. Yeah. I, I think I think a definitive uh, difference is that kind of YouTube element. Like you guys put a lot of effort into uh, the video production, and it always looks really clean and cool. Um, Thank you. So yeah, yeah. It's um, it's due to the fact that me and my co-host Alex Nance, who says hi to everyone by the way. Oh hi Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we both have like video editing backgrounds. Because oh, cool. I, yeah. I, I got a film degree in film and animation, and uh, he's been doing it as a hobby since he was a kid. So I think we just naturally lean more towards that since we're like visually oriented people. Um, but it's, it's working out pretty well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, well, we're, we're leaving the 90s behind us for this episode. As our, our listeners know, we're, we're on a path now to get to 2016, the year before we started doing <laughs> this. Uh, so we're at 2007. Last year, 2006, uh, was, you know, it started to feel very current. I know we're talking 16, 17 years ago, but a lot of these picks on this list, I feel like for the first time, I'm like, I remember exactly where I was experiencing them. And if I like them, then not enough has changed that, like, (laughs) I've, I've turned my back on it. Did you guys have any of that kind of sensation? Yeah, I definitely felt a lot of memories rush to me when I was looking at all these choices that I was picking through. Like, it, it's in such vivid detail. All I could do is close my eyes and I'm already there in my college mm. days. So it, it, it's it's like in that weird uncanny valley spot where it's not quite far enough that you kind of forget it or have a deep nostalgia for it developed just yet. But it's also close enough that it's still fresh in your mind if you were to go back and revisit some of the stuff that's on our list. Sure. Yeah, uh, I feel like the closer we get to present time, um, the more all this is like blending together in my mind mm. Definitely into agree. like one long period instead of like picking out ye- specific years. Yeah, um, like this stuff feels weird. Like I had no idea it was 2007. I don't think mm-hmm. any of it. Well, you know, I like to ask, um, Brett, in 2007, like, where were you in your life? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I was in between freshman uh, and sophomore year of college, depending on what end of the year you look at. And this was this was interesting for me because it was a transition in my life where I was leaving behind everything I knew at home and starting to embrace a, a bigger world that I didn't know much about. Uh, meeting new people at college, learning new subjects, uh, getting immersed in new types of things and going new places. It it very much is in line with some of the things we'll be talking about later today uh, in terms of like innovations and and current events, just because it's it it feels like a departure from adolescence and a step into adulthood, but still having some of those lingering feelings of of innocence, uh, but also being able to appreciate and celebrate the fun things you can still enjoy when you become older. Right on. Yeah. 
Uh, Andrew, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same as the last couple of years. School, <laughs> work, work um, school. Yeah. Yeah. But the one, one thing though, is like in school, I think this is kind of the moment where I really started taking more writing centric classes and like mm. started taking it more seriously. Um, so I guess, yeah, that was pretty yeah. important for me. Yeah. I, I think you and I are always pretty close. It's like work school. I worked at a grocery store. I was in college. Um, you know, I think I did find a, like, um, you know, of course BOC is my core group of friends have been since I was a kid, but, Mm. um, I did find like kind of my college friends, like a lot of the people that I became really close to in college, I found this year, um, a lot of people I'm still close with. Uh, so it's like, uh, I feel like I did have some discoveries this year. Um, I found out a little bit about myself. I know that's really vague, but uh, I, you know, I'll keep it vague. Um, yeah. So it, 2007 was a pretty good year, like in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in our nation, 2007, George W. Bush is president. He's in his second term. Uh, support for the Iraq war is really waning. Uh, Afghanistan as well. Um, it's a... Uh, like political turmoil, we're headed towards the recession. Um, so in the country, things were like kind of rocky, but culturally, I think this is a really interesting year, uh, which is what we focus on. We're not going to talk much about politics. Um, Andrew, what are our categories? Um, as always, we're going to be talking movies, TV shows, albums, songs, video games, books, and events. Guys, one of these categories... It deserves almost its own show. Um, It's it's so good, (laughs) Um, you know. And some we always have some duds, but uh, there is a category that I've just almost like since we've started doing year in review. I was like, I can't wait to get to 2007 to talk about this category. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited. Um, But Brett, we always give the guest honors of picking the first category. Where would you like to start? Well, I think I'll start with songs then because this is fresh in my brain. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, Well, to start us off, I picked uh, Coconut Records West Coast. Second there, I thought you disappeared. It rains a lot this time of year. Yeah, Uh, this Jason Schwartzman of Phantom Planet fame and acting fame. Um, (laughs) I think acting before (laughs) Phantom Planet for most people. Yeah. Um, Anyway, this was uh, for me like just going over the songs from this year. This is the song that just kind of like defined it for me the most. Um, The most like vivid, just like when this came out um, and what was things just going on with me at the time um yeah i love it uh and it was a really big surprise it was just like you know this is actually good yeah yeah you know the the track record with actors making music 
is pretty spotty at best. Yeah. So the fact that it was not only good, it was like really good. It was catchy. The songwriting was really tight. He's got a really, I love his voice. He's got this yeah. kind of really thin, fun sounding voice. Um, yeah, Coconut Records. And I love the band name too. Yeah. Um, I think he only made two <laughs> records, right? The, uh, the, um, this album is called Night Timing, I believe. Yeah. And he made one called Davy. And I really like Davy too. Yeah. I think he did the soundtrack for something. Oh, cool. Okay. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah. Um, boy, he's had a good, he's had a good summer too. He was in, um, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, nice. Uh, he was in, um, I Think You Should Leave. Mm -hmm. And he was in, um, the new Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was really good in Asteroid City. So he's... I, I'm ready for the Jason Schwartzman renaissance. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, he's got quite the career, just getting better titles all the time under yeah. his repertoire. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just so quirky and mm-hmm. really likable. Um, yeah. But, and it, it, it transfers to the music, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, great tune. I, I love, love, love West Coast. Um, that That's my number five of the year. Mm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, favorite song? Ooh, this this was pretty tough because I had at least like eight to ten really really good bangers here. But in terms of significance in my life, and I've got a story behind this one too. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Threes and Sevens by Queens of the Stone Age. good tune mm-hmm. and, and the music video is just as good too it's got like a quentin tarantino kind of mag max vibe going on and it's it's somehow brutally violent but also hilarious at the same time and uh it reminds me of a time when i used to be obsessed with you know guitar hero 3 legends of rock because that was one <laughs> of the tracks in it yeah and uh i remember that was one of the very first ones that i 100 percented and also memorized so i could actually play it acoustic like they referenced in south park at the time me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this track rocks. Um, and I think this this whole Queen of the Stone Age album is kind of underrated. Um, mm-hmm. I forget yeah, what Era it's Vulgaris. Oh, thank you, Era Vulgaris. Yeah, it's got the two light bulb uh, cartoons on it. Yeah, it's got this kind of like grindhouse animation, right? And the video is mm-hmm. kind of the same vibe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. got like this old film stock look, fast paced editing, lots of violence, lots of sex. <laughs> you know, just quick shots. It's, I don't know. It's very stimulating as a college student, as you can expect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a bunch of songs from that album that are really. Uh, is there a turn yeah. this? Is turn the screw on that? I think so. I'd okay. have to double check. Okay. But I know. Okay. Make it with you. Uh, yeah. Into the hollow. Six 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 or other oh, songs. Six, I six, remember six, listening yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of catchy rhythms. Like yes. It's just got that crunchy lo-fi feel, but also very like bendy elastic melodies they can't help help but fall in love with as they repeat themselves yeah no yeah for sure love it yeah just uh just a quick aside before we move on um in in relation to the song uh i actually 
uh, I, I actually uh, celebrated Halloween this year with a bunch of friends in college uh, as like an entire Legends of the Hin Temple type crew. So <laughs> we, we had a bunch of people like dressed up as all the six teams. And then we had someone play a temple guard and someone do Kirk Fogg. And we actually trick or treated around this neighborhood, um, you know, as college kids to see how much candy we could get away of getting because it seemed very very out of fashion to do trick-or-treating when you get older at the time. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we, we had a pretty good haul then. And when we crashed at someone's off-campus apartment afterwards, uh, Threes and Sevens was the song that played in the background when we were just having oh, a good time. That's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, really fun. Yeah, a little 90s Nick uh, connection there too. Yeah. I love the uh, trick-or-treating as uh, legends. It's, it's like a yeah. great... If like if you're in a pinch and you don't want to spend a ton of money, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> you got and you got some khaki shorts. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and if you get all the shirts and the helmet, you can you can get endless combinations for uh, Halloween costumes. Like yeah. if you're one team every single year, you, you know you're set for the next half mm. decade. You don't mm. have to buy another costume. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you know what I'm going as for uh, Halloween this year? I do not know. The landlord from apartment two fourteen. Oh my goodness, that guy, <laughs> Orstrom <Right>. Tibbald. <laughs> Orstrom, what for you scream? Okay, I love yeah, that. yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> easy one. <laughs> and everybody will get the reference, I'm sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. who wouldn't? <laughs> that's great. Um, all right, well, my my favorite song. You know, I, I never expect that people are like going to be real uh, knowledgeable about my picks, but I always like to try to turn some people on. Um, this song came from the soundtrack to the movie called Rocket Science, which also came out that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that soundtrack was done by a guy named Eif Barzile, uh, and the song is called I Love the Unknown. She asked him, why can we not be together? Why is it we have to part? Why do you leave with a stranger? When I am revealing my heart Because I love the unknown I love the unknown He said he loved the unknown Because I love the unknown I love the unknown He said he loves the unknown It's, you know, just, uh, it feels, it feels good. Like, he's, lyrically, it's really fun. It's, you know, exactly what the title suggests, that uh, this this kind of feeling that uh, it's more fun to not know what's coming than to know what is coming. Um, he's got this great kind of I don't know this great voice, a really singular voice. Um, and so yeah, I love Eve. I feel like not a lot of people um, are super familiar with him. Uh, he was actually I feel like his band. Uh, I feel like mm. a lot of a lot of people are more familiar with Clem Snide, uh, but uh, Eve is. He is Clem's Knight, so like he eventually just started going by his name. Um, so and and you know I'll, I won't talk about it much in the movies, but Rocket Science, if you've not seen it, is such a great coming of age story. It's you know about this kid with a stutter who joins a debate team in high school, and um, it it's I think it's Anna Kendrick's first film. Um, it really really great film, and he is like the perfect person to have soundtracked it. So if you got Spotify, check out Eve Barzile. I love the unknown. Very nice. Close call. Um, yeah. Uh, mine is Modest Mouse. Uh, Miss the boat. Oh, 
love that song uh and that album i mean i yeah. listen to that a lot um i actually think i prefer that album over um the previous one yeah the one with uh flow down yeah um, it's, it has some weird long name i can't remember it off the top of my head when you yeah. look it up yeah. Uh, we were dead before the ship even sank. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, great album. Um, one of the, something that I must have gotten traded into the store I was working at. And uh, yeah, I love this one. Stuck it, mm-hmm. stuck in my car for a long time. Hmm. Funny, funny thing. Um, when I was in my sophomore year learning 2D digital animation, I actually animated um, to this music video, or this this song rather, mm-hmm. um, like this little pirate story um, where they were sailing and they were, uh, like, they were interacting with this steampunk looking uh, giant fish who was gonna eat the boat. <laughs> That's cool. That's, yeah, that's cool. It, it was yeah. a very ambitious project, but <laughs> when I think of this song, I think of that. Yeah, great, love that track. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, go, if you have something else, so. I was just gonna say. I think my favorite track from that album is Florida. Mm. Yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good hits on there. I forgot how good Modest Mouse was until now because I listened to them heavily during college, but not as much outside of that. Yeah, and that 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 record, the hit was Dashboard, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 All right, good good call, Andrew. I, I kind of had just even I, I passed over it. <laughs> um, just to name a few other songs, I'm sure you guys won't name them. Uh, New Pornographers, Myriad Harbor, mm-hmm. probably my favorite one off that album. Uh, Rilo Kiley, Silver Lining, Ooh. and Shin's Sleeping Lessons. Oh, man, that's Shin's record. Yeah, yeah. that's... I have a song from there on my close calls, actually. <laughs> uh, Andrew, um, our friend Zach, also picked Silver nice. Linings by Rilo Kiley. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Brett, close calls? Uh, quite a few. Uh, most of them mainstream. I've got uh, Paralyzer by Finger Eleven, Makes Me Wonder by Maroon 5, Brian Storm by Arctic Monkeys, Australia by The Shins. Mm. Uh, Don't Stop the Music by Rihanna, Electric Field by MGNT, Dance by Justice. Uh, Stop and Stare by One Republic. Dashboard by Modest Mouse and Ruby by Kaiser Chiefs. Oh yeah, um, uh, Lance also picked Ruby. Hey, Lance, good pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your What's your definitive? Like, if you had to pick a definitive close call, what's your favorite of those? Without second guessing myself, I gotta go with Dance by Justice. Um, really love the Daft Punk esque funk that's going on with that song, along with the music video where they're like animating different things on these two guys' shirts as they're walking towards the camera faceless. So that song has stuck with me as long as I've heard it. It's it's incredible. Very cool. Yeah. Um, sweet. Uh, my definitive close call is by a band I think people probably have heard of, which is Wilco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the song is called Sky Blue Sky. Oh, the 
band marched on in formation The brass was phasing Tunes I couldn't place Windows open this is the title track of the album Sky Blue Sky. Uh, it's very kind of folky, pretty. Uh, I love Jeff Tweedy on this song. Um, yeah, it just kind of really sweeps you away. Um, so there's that. Uh, other songs I wanted to shout out. You know, a big hit that year was Rehab by Amy Winehouse, which I was shocked, mm, yeah. I was shocked nobody picked, but man, that song was everywhere. Um, also, Icky Thump by The White Stripes. Uh, which is really one of the last like Jack White things I loved. Um, I actually do love The Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani. Uh, I want to give Gwen some love. <laughs> um, but my, my top 10 here, uh, 10 Phantom, La- uh, Phantom Limb by uh, The Shins. That was also uh, Jordan and Bond's pick. Um, Pearls on a String by Ryan Adams. Uh, Spare O's by Andrew Bird um, Crick in My Neck by Cass McCombs uh, Your Rocky Spine by The Great Lake Swimmers um, Andrew uh, West Coast is my number five uh, Four Winds by Bright Eyes um, and number three was uh, Pregnant Pause by Cass McCombs um, so yeah but that, uh, that a bunch of people kind of express some love for that uh, Shins album and I do feel like mm-hmm. at the time it like maybe wasn't loved as much as you know shoots too narrow or what have you um but i think with time it's really kind of aged into a good album yeah yeah Yeah, i love it um before we get to our fergusons let me just read some of uh people's other picks uh skinny love uh bonavir uh by Mm. it was kevin meg's pick um john picked my hands are shaking by sandre lurche um Jeremy picked That's Not My Thing by the Ting Tings. Uh, we have um, Boy with a Coin by Iron and Wine. Uh, that was Damien's pick. Vincenzo picked Gimme More by Brittany. Big year for Brittany. Mm. A, a lot going on there. Uh, Clayton, Call It Off by Tegan and Sarah. Uh, Marley, Umbrella by Rihanna. Drew, Thanks for the Memories. Tim, September Sun by Type O Negative. Um, a ta- <laughs> oh boy, I'm not going to know how to say this. this is French. Uh, well, it translates to Set Me Free by Megadeth. That was Justin's pick. Allie picked Misery Business by Paramore. Nikki picked Someone Great by LCD, LCD Sound System. Um, Chris picked Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Another pretty big hit. Um, Joseph picked Fake Empire by The National, Ohio's own. Uh, Lacey picked Impossible Germany by Wilco. Great song. Um, uh, Goblin Heath picked Nantes by uh, Beirut. Uh, Josh picked No Hook by Jay Z. Ashley picked Straight Lines by Silverchair. Uh, Ted picked All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Shay picked The Great Escape by Boys Like Girls. Um, Robert picked Sleepwalking Past Hope by him. Kylie picked um, Good to See by Pinback, and Logan picked 
Logan said none terrible year. <laughs> oh come on Logan yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with that but, uh, yeah there you know I think I'll have a little bit of a different tune when we get to albums but I do think there's a bunch of just great tunes this year yeah you really have to dig deep and cherry pick to find some good ones yeah um quick note on misery business I actually remember them um playing a homecoming show at my college RIT that year so uh... I remember it being like all over the place on campus whenever they're advertising for it. Yeah. Those college shows iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you, you got one every year? Uh, yeah, we got a different artist every year. Uh, one year we had Jimmy world. Okay. One year we had Maroon five. Nice. One year we had yellow card. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think who else we got. Cause I was there for five years, but I only attended three of the concerts. So I guess that's why I remember them better. Mm. And yeah, they put, they oh, put on a good show. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew, did any college concerts you remember? Hmm. Not that I remember. I mean, maybe they did, and it was just like stuff that I didn't care about. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we have three that I remember. Uh, we have Ben Folds. Mm. Uh, we had Jason Mraz. Calm down. Uh, and we <laughs> had uh, Dashboard Confessional. And I don't remember mm. who the fourth was, but. Uh, ben bad. Folds was the other one that came to our college. That was oh. my freshman year. Yeah, he definitely seems to. Z- he definitely seems to tour the college uh, scene, which is yeah. smart. Not really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my Ferguson, I'm sorry, Brett, but it's Maroon 5 makes me wonder. Oh, um, <laughs> just, I, I really can't stand Maroon 5. Um, I had to get him on a Ferguson one of these years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm surprised because this is before they got like mega ultra big. Like, mm-hmm. This was on their second album, I believe, which was. God, uh, I feel like I've been hearing them just forever. Never yeah. liked them. And they just kept blowing up bigger and bigger. I'm like, how is this mm-hmm. possible? Well, you know what happened, Brett? Adam, what? Adam Levine slid into Andrew's DMs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? He was telling him how good he looked. You guys, you guys, you you know that story, right? No, no, tell us. Uh, No, it was like a, it was a big scandal last year that he was like, uh, DMing all these girls and like, you know, pretty much just trying to get them to send him pictures and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was like that back in 2007, but maybe. Well, his kind of yes, kind of no iPhone. So right, like you know, Mm -hmm. harder. Yeah. 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 Andrew, do you have you have lingering thoughts on Mr. Levine? I just didn't want to even get into it. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little um, naive for for being lured in with their catchy hooks because I really love the guitar riff. It makes me wonder in the little piano part, like bam, bam, bam. Oh crap! I don't even remember the lyrics now. <laughs> people, people, they can imagine. They can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you have a Ferguson, Brett? I got I got two, but if we're only allowed one, I guess I'll go with this one. Um, because it's a massive disappointment as someone who liked their earlier albums, mm. I'm going to go with Rockstar by Nickelback. Mm. Okay, yeah. It's it's the point where I feel like they, they sold out, and I, I didn't like the lyrics, I didn't like the music video, and it was just kind of a downhill slope for me from there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to fight you on it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I forgot to pick a Ferguson. I'm looking through a playlist right now. This one mm. seems like a safe pick. Let me listen for a second. Oh, 
Sure, that's fine. Uh, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with "Well Enough Alone" by Chevelle. Um, okay, you know I just don't like Chevelle. Uh, this seems like a safe pick. That's mm-hmm. so. There we go. I picked one. Okay, uh, it's like a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by 2007, it really seemed like that was kind of fading out, and uh, a lot of those bands were just kind of holding on for dear life. Yeah, it's like the last few drops of uh, emo that was popular around the 2004 era. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, uh, number one song. Uh, yeah, "Irreplaceable" by Beyonce. Uh, which you might know is to the left. To the left. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't think anybody's going to complain about Beyonce. Not... She's a tour de force. Yeah, a legend. Uh, oh, Andrew, did, did we get a huh? No, I was just oh, okay. saying no. You know, that's, she's fine. <laughs> All right, Andrew, what category should we what should we do next? Um, I guess we could just go to albums since we're sure. on the on that track um for me top album is new pornographers challengers i said to call look up for one see just how the sun sets in the sky i said to john do you think the girls here ever wonder how they got so pretty oh well i do look out upon about this band before i love this particular album uh another one of those ones that just like sat in my car forever um yeah i don't know i like all their stuff but i feel like this is kind of for me um where they kind of like peaked i guess Hmm. yeah what was this the album where the song electric version was on no that was a couple albums before this Okay, uh, just curious because I I first heard that song. But this great, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I for whatever. I, mean, I love the new pornographers. For whatever reason, this is an album that I feel like I've just never sat with. Mm. Um, so maybe maybe this is my cue to actually give it a listen. Okay. Um, well, very cool. Oh, I should just add, um, <laughs> just as an aside, sort of. Uh, I got the like limited edition of this when it came out and it was four cds and the last one you had it was a cdr that you had to uh like burn yourself from <laughs> their website oh, or wow. whatever <laughs> that's funny uh, yeah um interesting yeah okay are they still are they still playing i think they're like one of those bands that are like technically together but uh you know do stuff whenever it yeah. works out. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite song from this album? Uh, Myriad Harbor. Oh, yeah. Myriad mm-hmm. Harbor. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Brett, favorite album? Oh, uh, there, there's hmm. there's a few of them that stand out to me. So I, I think, again, I'm going to have to go with most significance. And uh, I'm going to have to play the mainstream card again, which is uh, Minutes to Midnight by Linkin Park. Yeah. I don't know this one that well. There, there's a lot of hits that really stuck with me, again, because of Guitar Hero 3 and also um, 
Transformers came out this year. So mm. there, there's popular hits like uh, No More Sorrow, What I've Done, Leave Out All the Rest, Shadow of the Day, and my personal favorite, Bleed It Out, which has a ca- catchy uh, like clapping rhythm to it. Okay. I definitely know what I've done, so that, that was helpful. Um, yeah, that, that was the one on the Transformers movie, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, big year then. Transformers rock, uh, or Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It exploded this year, so I'm going to be mentioning quite a few times. <laughs> right on. Right on. Cool. Um, all right. That was Minutes to Midnight, right? Correct. Sweet, sweet. Uh, I'm going to go with a, one of my all-time favorite albums, an album uh, hopefully just maybe a few people check out. If you don't know it, it's called Dropping the Writ. It's by Cass McCombs. I was born in a hospital that was very big and white. The hands of a male doctor pulled me into the light. My grandmother cut the umbilical cord. And I took my first breath. And I'm a child. This album is so freaking good i just love it front to back um it's kind of hard to explain unless you just listen to it but it's like very you know the way i describe it is you could put it on the car or if you just like need to like write like sit quietly and work on something this is like the greatest working album like throw it on and just like be productive um it can be deceiving because the first song kind of rocks compared to the rest of it it's called lion killer um it's got this like really propulsive beat, but the rest of the mm. album is pretty, pretty calm. Um, so I just love Cass. Uh, I think amongst people who like love singer songwriters, he's really considered, you know, of the last few decades, one of the best. Mm. Yeah, dropping the writ, I think, is his best album uh, by a by a smidge. Um, yeah, I, we don't have to have a conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, most of these bands I haven't heard of but I feel like they'd be really good for a playlist for a road trip which I actually have got coming up on Monday because oh, I'm going yeah. to move <laughs> yeah. so I'm yeah. excited to explore explore these songs I've never heard before yeah very cool um, yeah you uh, Joey and um, our, a couple of our other friends really seem to love this guy uh, <laughs> I just never got into it uh, you know I never like never had like a extended period of time of like really getting into it which is funny because and i think this has come up before but i know for a fact you've seen him live because he um Mm. opened for the walkman when we saw them at the beach one i know them yeah um so he's yeah i i I guess he's kind of like a preferred taste but not i mean if you just like kind of folk rock he's easy enough to like yeah. Andrew, close mm-hmm. call record? Um, my close call is The Shins, Wincing the Night mm. Away. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a great album, front to back. One of the, another one that was sitting in my car forever. Uh, I remember the, and I think you were right. Like, I remember when this came out, it just kind of, I just didn't feel like it really got any attention. But, um, yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, just to name so a few others, Modest Mouse, We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank, Rilo Kylie, Under the Black Light, Coconut mm. Records, Night Timing, The Weaker Thens Reunion Tour, They Might Be Giants, The Else, and Flight of, 
Flight of the Concords, the distant mm, future. Yes, <laughs> I love them so much. Delicious. Saw them live a couple years back. Oh, so, nice. so How was it? It was, oh, it was fantastic. I mean, just a laugh fest. Yeah. So oh, man, I don't know how I got into them. I think it was some some fellow team member at Target when I worked there introduced me to them, and I just like, how have I not heard about these guys before? They're amazing. It's like comedy music put together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, good pick, good picks, Andrew. Uh, you mentioned under the black light, right? Yeah. That was also John and Zach's pick by Rilo uh, Kylie. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Brett, their, their uh, last album, just to know. Oh. Oh. Before Jenny, That's... before Jenny went and did her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brett, close calls. There's going to be a little bit of overlap because uh, it sounds like Andrew and I have a somewhat similar taste in music, mainly with Rilo Kylie and Modest Mouse. So those are my some of my album picks too. But um, I would say my top favorite close call would be Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace by the Foo Fighters. Mm. Uh, I, I've been a longtime listener of the Foo Fighters, uh, mainly by proxy to Nirvana. Like when, once that ended, I just hopped on aboard their train and followed them throughout my life. And for some reason, a lot of the tracks in this album really hit deep for me, unlike uh, some of the previous albums, which is no to no discredit to them. Uh, particularly Come Alive, which is a track about him having his uh, first child being born. Long Road to Ruin, which is just a great romp. Um, Stranger Things Happen, which is a very quiet, quiet solo uh, song where he's just playing acoustic in a small room. Uh, but honestly, which like really builds up from the beginning. It's like every single track on this album is perfect to me, yet has a very distinct personality to it. And that's what I love about it most is that I find it very re-listenable even even today, as if it was the first time I was listening to it. So yeah. that's my uh, top close call pick. Can't go wrong with Food Fighters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, just a few other as like backups. Um, Infinity on High by Fall Out Boy. And then Avenged Sevenfold, the self-titled album, which was like the, the white one with like the black skull and the bat wings. Mm, okay. Yeah, um, the Infinity on High was also our buddy Spud or Drew's pick. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. A few catchy tunes there. Yeah, sure. Um, cool, cool. Uh, I had two. Um, these are both albums that, like, you know, usually my, if it's going to make my list, it's got to be albums that over half the songs I love or pretty close mm-hmm. to all of. And I, that's true for both of these. Andrew, you already mentioned it, but um, Coconut Records, Night Timing. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's solo project. Love, love, love this album. Love the cover art with like the little miniature with his eye peeking through. I feel like we don't talk about album covers enough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're, they're in an art of themselves. Like it really sets the tone for the kind of package of music you're about yeah. to experience. But yeah, I love, I love album covers. Um, and the other one is by Andrew Bird. Uh, he's a folk rock singer songwriter who's kind of known for whistling and his fiddling and uh looping uh he had an album that year called armchair apocrypha and um it's really really good um just yeah really it's a it's a it's definitely as the kids say a mood Um, Mm -hmm. but uh love andrew bird i think he's so versatile Uh, i feel like i heard that album armchair apocrypha yeah it was it was big. Uh, the year it came out, it was like pretty popular. Like he was playing. I know he played Conan. Um, 
yeah, he was kind of out and about promoting it more so than I think his other stuff. Okay. So yeah. You may have. Um, yeah. Other picks, actually, our most popular pick, which has not come up either in songs or albums yet. Uh, oh. Jordan, Nikki, and Logan all picked uh, "In Rainbows" by Radiohead. Uh-huh. Oh. This was. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, Andrew. This was like kind of the first. I feel like it was the first time I had really heard of this stunt where they hadn't announced the release of the album. It just dropped. Yeah. Um, and I remember people just losing their minds, like a Radiohead album just dropping without any any announcement. Um, it's not my favorite Radiohead album um, by any stretch, but uh, you know, I was just saying this to someone. Uh, I, I'm never gonna hate on Radiohead. It's it's still got some really good songs. Yeah. Um, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this might have been the one that they put out for free. That's right. It was just like oh. on their website, right? You could just yeah. download it. Yeah. And it still sold like really well. Yeah. That's right. I, re- I even remember kind of the design of the website with like in rainbows written over and over. Yeah. Um, and I did download it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's a good album. Uh, a pretty good album. Uh, Jeremy picked um, Good Girl Gone Bad by Rihanna. Um, Damien picked The Shepherd's Dog from Iron and Wine. Uh, Vincenzo also picked Good Girl Gone Bad. Uh, Clayton picked The Con by Tegan and Sarah. Mm. Um, John picked the Dan in Real Life soundtrack. I love a soundtrack mm. pick. Mm. Uh, Marley, uh, the, the Best Damn Thing by Avril Lavigne. Uh, Tim, Dead Again by Type O Negative. Justin, United Abominations by Megadeth. Great, great album name. Uh, Meg, uh, Because of the Times, Kings of Leon. Ally, Emotionalism by the Abbott Brothers. Is it Avit Brothers or Abbott? I keep hearing people say Avit. Avit, okay. Well, I assume I'm wrong. Uh, Chris uh, also picked Infinity on High by Fallout Boy. Nice. Uh, Kev Andrew also picked Wincing the Night Away by The Shins. Um, Corey picked Iron and Wine, The Shepherd's Dog. Joseph picked uh, Casadega by Bright Eyes. Um, Lance picked Cease to Begin by Band of Horses. Lacey picked Little Voice by Sarah Borales. Josh picked American Gangster by Jay-Z, uh, which I think was a soundtrack. Um, yeah. Ash- right. uh, yeah. Uh, Ashley picked Colors Between the Buried and Me. Um, Ted hmm. picked... Uh, Sky Blue Sky by Wilco. Um, Shay picked Arrivals and Departures by Silverstein. Um, Ro- Robert picked Venus Doom by him. And Kylie picked Tilly and the Wall Bottoms of the Barrels. Hmm. Nice. Quite a spectrum of albums there. Yeah, yeah, I always love, like, there's just no, you know, not that there would be, but, like, you know, if you just put a poll out to the internet, you're going to get a million different things. And I love, yeah, I love that there's just <laughs> such a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. since some of these we'd, we wouldn't normally think of. Right. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you wait, Ferguson? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't have a okay. Ferguson for this. Uh, Brett, uh, any Ferguson? Let me consult my list. <laughs> oh, Ooh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I think I'm going to have to go with either Tokyo Hotel or Jonas Brothers this year just because I don't particularly listen to either of them that much. And when I tried to give their albums a chance, it was like too cringy for me. Yeah. No, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah, I think the Tokyo Hotel one was called Scream and the Monsoon song lured me in. But when I listened to the other tracks, I was like, oh, this this doesn't work for me. But, you know, teach their own. Yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. at least one listener out there who likes it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have one from this year. I could say Chevelle, but uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've hated enough. Um, <laughs> Andrew, do you have the number one album? Oh yeah, it okay. is. Uh, you'll never. I don't think you'll ever guess it, so I'll just tell you. Uh, it is Josh Groban, Noel. <laughs> what? Yeah, Christmas album. Oh my gosh! Heck yes, get it, Josh. Uh, I well, I love that a Christmas album is the number one album of the year. Uh, Josh Groban, number one album. Wow! Wow! I haven't heard that name since I dated a girl who was in love with all of his music. <laughs> That, that brings back interesting memories. <laughs> That's interesting. Dating someone who loves Josh. Like, so like in the car, she would just throw on Josh Groban. Uh, we, we didn't get to that point, but okay. at her house. Yeah. And she would constantly make Facebook posts about his music. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> it's not my thing, but sure. you know, Andrew, Josh Groban, you love him. <laughs> uh, no, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> right on Andrew. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm more of a Michael Bublé guy. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a little more my speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's see here. You know what? I I actually do want to talk about video games this year. It's one of the yes. First, it's it's one of the first years in a while where I'm like, you know what? Video games is kind of interesting. Um. Mm. So yeah, video games. Andrew, what do you got? Uh, mine for this year is Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, Vince. Uh, yeah, Vince, John, Kev, Corey, and Kylie all agree. Nice. Yeah, uh, really great. Like a kind of the first best Mario game in a little while, um, mm-hmm. and just so cool. Like the concept of it, these little worlds that you're running around and stuff. Um, and I think it's the last, probably like the last game on a semi recent system that I like a hundred percented. Really, yeah, just really fun. And I love Mario in general, uh, especially, well, all Mario games. <laughs> it feels like a natural, like, pinnacle point of evolution from the Mario 64 days yes. or even Super yeah. Mario World where everything just comes together and combined with that whole, like, planet mechanic where you're just kind of going around the planet and it's rotating as you're moving around it. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's It's a great game to escape into. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, it really nailed the Mario difficulty. It's mm-hmm. like uh, easy enough that anybody could get into it, but like toward the final stars that or whatever they were in that that you had to collect. Um, yeah, it got really tough. Yeah, as, as it should be, just yeah. gradual ramping up so that it's accessible. Yet, if you are committed enough, you can get to the end and really feel satisfied the, by the completion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Great game. No, no complaints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brett, you got a pick? Uh, that was going to be my pick, but I guess I'll pick one of my other ones. Um, I mean, I mentioned guitar, I mentioned guitar hero three legends of rock quite a bit so far, <laughs> uh, because I was practically addicted to that game. And that's how I not only discovered a lot of music that year, but made a lot of friends who also appreciate playing it. Cause you know, back in my college, there was tons of competitions. People constantly like one up each other to see who can play stuff. And of course, you know, there's that infamous through the fire and the flames Dragon Force song that everyone's like testing everyone to do with the, the intro tapping part. 
But uh, it, it was a really good game for me to not only explore music, but to just enjoy feeling like I'm I'm a guitarist, even though despite taking lessons, I haven't gotten very far with that. Mm. So I'm going to pick that as my main pick. Love it. I'm going to just piggyback yes. right off of you. Guitar Hero 3 is my pick. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, boy, just the most vivid memories of playing this game in my apartment in college with my buddies. Mm-hmm. Um being so so excited that my name is Jonas by Weezer was on it. Yes, um. oh, I love that. I love that intro where if you can like tap it without pressing a uh, like the downstroke button, yeah. you're like automatically God. Yeah, yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, feel, I feel like maybe I was annoying where it's like, all right, Joey, your pick. I'm like, uh, well, uh, like pretending to look at the list. I'm like, well, what about my name is Jonas again? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it had uh, "Paint It Black" by uh, by the Stones. It Rolling had Stones. Um, "Smashing Pumpkins," Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. Tenacious D, Alice Cooper, "Schools Out," uh, a, a bump in the night classic. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I loved, loved this version of Guitar Hero, and I just really associate it with um, college. Even though even though I was not very good at Guitar Hero, and I do remember throwing some like fits where like people would be like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'd be like, I can play real guitar. I can get my guitar right now and play you these songs. Like, get off my back. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's not the same, though. It's not um, even close to the same. <laughs> the buttons are different than the chord placement, and I remember like a YouTube video of the band Rush playing uh, their songs, and it was like, wait a minute, this is nothing like it, and they're just <laughs> failing miserably. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. There is, I'd say the drums is the closest relation you're gonna get uh, yeah. in those games, but the guitar is just and maybe bass a little bit, just as far as like single notes, but right. Um, yeah, you're uh, not gonna get any feel for guitar from. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did. Well, I did play drums in real life, but I sucked at the. <laughs> fake drums like it felt like everything was a little bit off or something yeah yeah the time the time was not quite right yeah yeah that that was the same year i think rock band came out and that had all the different instrument peripherals to kind of warm up guitar hero so definitely playing both of those games well into the early hours of the morning with friends for sure yeah so much fun Mm -hmm. um okay close call andrew um, yeah, I'm gonna go with... <laughs> you sound like uh, Mario there. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's me, Andrew! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Sam and Mac save the world. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, the return of Sam and Max from the early point-and-click days. Uh, I love Sam and Max. They're mm-hmm. dumb and funny, and these games were great. And just like to have this uh, resurgence of their characters uh, was pretty exciting. Um, so, Indeed, yeah. And and the game looked really cool. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was supposed to spawn some sequels, but maybe never happened. So. What was is it? that? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, is that the 3D one that has like episodes to the to the BC game, or is yes. it a different one? Yeah. I'm thinking of? Okay, yeah, because I played that one too, and it was, it was a lot of fun for a point and click, like with the yeah. humor and the characters from the the TV series and the, the comic books or graphic novels. Is it from the nineties? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they had everything. Um, weirdly, I feel like it's those weird characters that like there was everything based on them, but I right. never hear anybody talk about them. Yeah, what's, they're, they're what, totally underrated. What system was this for? 
Well, it came out on the Wii, but like computer too, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. all the systems eventually. I don't Yeah, it came out later on Steam, which is where I played mm-hmm. it. Okay, cool. Cool. Sweet. Brett, close call. Oh, man. Um this is hard every time. There's just too many good ones. I'm going to I'm going to go with this one in particular just because I'm a diehard fan of the series and this one stood out to me even though it wasn't the best of the series, which may sound controversial. Um, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with God of War 2 for the PS2. I just remember playing that a lot uh, for the second half of my freshman year in my dorm room with like a TV rested atop the the dresser that was pushed up against my bunk bed and just laser focusing on it whenever I had time in between classes to get through to the end. And I really love how it just built upon everything from the previous game that set the standard to make it a, a notable PlayStation game where instead of the gods you're going up against, you go, you like partner up with the Titans to get revenge on the gods because Zeus uh, steals most of your powers in the beginning during the Colossus of Rhodes battle, which is very epic in its own right because it's not often you fight fight like a giant statue who's attacking you <laughs> in a burning city. Um, but I've I've always been a big history, sorry, mythology buff because I took multiple years of Latin as my like foreign language in middle school and high school. So this was just like fuel to the fire for me. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And it really challenged my abilities as a gamer to, to hone in my sense of timing and attack combos to get to the very end. Um, sadly, little side story here is uh, I let my borrow brother, <laughs> I let my brother borrow it uh, to play on his own time on his PS3, and he lost the disc when he returned the game to me. So, unfortunately, I couldn't re-download it um, the PS3 like port of it, and to this day, it's like one of those games I want to replay, but I have no access to. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, but good pick. Um, Thank you. You know, the God of War games are pretty fun. I think they really nailed the, um, like, the feel of attacking. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels really satisfying. Um, so you can yeah, just, like, the- it, like, it's semi-repetitive, but it doesn't really feel that way. It, like, just feels so good that, like, it doesn't matter. Right. And the quick time events, which this game pretty much pioneered at the time, mm-hmm. didn't feel as heavy handed because it wasn't like, look how awesome this is. You know, time your button presses. It's more like integrated with the combat. So yeah. it didn't feel like it stood out as much or punished you for not getting it as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my my close call is a little redundant. Uh, it's Rock Band. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, why didn't I live near you as a kid? I would have played with this on Saturday nights with you all the time, Joey. Oh, man. And wait till 2009 when that Beatles rock band comes out. Yes, I got that one, too. Yeah, yeah. I was just living in my basement. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this rock band really just, like, bringing the whole band together was a cool idea. Good good set of songs on this. Andrew, there's a little OK Go on on the original Hmm. rock band. Um, Hmm. This was also Meg and Nikki's pick. Um, yeah, just just a real blast to like get together with people and pretend you know you're you're rock stars. Uh, it was kind of an ingenious premise for a game. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite song from that set list from Rock Band One at all? Let me pull it up real fast. Rock Band One song list. Here we go. I mean, I do remember really like playing. Um, 
the OK Go song. Let's mm-hmm. see. We got, oh, we got Jet. Are you going to be my girl? I like that one. Yes. That's Ooh, a fun one. Uh, yes. I loved playing, um, I loved playing Ramon's Blitzkrieg Bop. Mm. Uh, what else we got? I imagine that song being fun to like dress up as like revolutionary Victorian era clothing and just kind of dancing back and forth with everyone yes. in, a, in a big old ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked singing uh, Radiohead Creep. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew, it, uh, here it goes again is the OK Go song. Ah. Uh, oh, we got Go With The Flow, Queens of the Stone Age. That was good. Very nice. In Bloom, Nirvana. Love that one. Learn, mm. Learn to Fly, Foo Fighters, Main Offender, The Hives. God, yeah, this this set was killed. R.E.M., Orange Crush. Oh, I love that one. Uh, Strokes, Reptilia. Oh, Yes. Uh, Weezer Sating, so maybe this is my favorite one. <laughs> uh, Too many good songs. Maybe I mixed them up because Beastie Boy Sabotage is on this. Mm-hmm. Killers When You Were Young. Pixies Wave of Mutilation. You know what? I screwed up. This is <laughs> this is probably the one I actually was playing more with my buddies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so good. You got Hole, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fall Out Boy, Kiss, Blue Aster Cult. Yeah. Ooh, new pornographers electric version wow yeah that's where i first heard it from okay okay i didn't remember that being on there yeah um enter sandman of course faith no more epic uh rolling stones give me shelter yeah really i think cool. i i think i'm gonna need to take a road trip and then go blow 50 dollars at a game exchange so that <laughs> we can play this joey i'm getting the itch yeah i, I know i'm reading this i'm like i want to play this so bad garbage i think i'm paranoid hell yeah yeah so the hardest game of, I'm sorry, the hardest uh, music track of this game is arguably Green Grass and High Tides. So if you're really into like testing someone's skill, I would try and get through that with a band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, there's, so there's bonus set lists. Mm-hmm. And we got, I don't know any of these. Bands. Let's see. Um, Freeze Pop, ba- Brain Power, I know. I think they're a Boston band. Okay. Uh, they were in some of the Guitar Hero 2 uh, game. I'm so sick by Flyleaf. I know Bank Camaro, Pleasure Pleasure had a really fun but difficult solo. Yeah. Uh, Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld. Oh, that's a oh, South Park wow. song. Oh, Timmy and the Lords. Of yeah, the he's like Timmy. Don't 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 don't. It's got a crazy baseline. Yeah, it's it's chaos, but it's fun. Yeah, boy, they must have just had money to burn. I mean, these are like some of the most famous songs in history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Muse. Uh, Hysteria by Muse. Love that baseline. Yo, yeah, yeah. And then we have a Wii. The Wii version had extra songs, including Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger, mm-hmm. All American Rejects, Dirty Little Secret, B-52s, Ramones, The Police, Roxanne. Uh, yeah, so cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. I, I think we're at the point where the nostalgia is hitting us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I forgot that we're podcasting. I'm just surf- right? surfing the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wait till I read this next band. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Good times. Uh, rock band, so good. Uh, some of our other listener picks, uh, Lance and Justin both picked Bioshock. Good uh, pick. Uh, let's see, Jeremy picked College Hoops 2K8. Uh, we also had um, Shay picked Call of Duty Modern Warfare. There you go. Uh, Joseph picked Mass Effect. Um, Tim picked Assassin's Creed. Chris picked Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. Um, a spud picked Madden NFL 08. 
and Damien picked Spider-Man 3. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, just to throw out a few other games that yeah. I, were yeah. notable from this year. Wario Master of Disguise, uh, mm-hmm. Super Paper Mario, Mario Party 8, oh, yeah. Mario Strikers Charged, um, Zelda Phantom Hourglass, The Simpsons Game, which mm. is actually pretty cool, um, and uh, Geometry Wars Galaxies, mm-hmm. which I loved. Yeah. Those are most of my close calls, along with Ratchet and Clank Future Tools of Destruction, which is the first PS3 mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank game. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, did you guys have Ferguson's? Yeah, I picked one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I went with Mario Party DS, um, <laughs> spe- specifically because we were like kind of well into doing things online at this point. Like it's kind of a novel, um, and yet this game like didn't let you play online you could play with people like in proximity but really annoyed me i was like why what's you know what's the point of this yeah it's not quite online gameplay but it's not quite local either it's a little bit in between and i think it's one of those mechanics because nintendo always likes to push the envelope in terms of gay gameplay elements but it doesn't always land and i feel like this is one of those situations where it's more trouble than it's worth to fully enjoy the game and the features that it has to offer. Yeah, I just, uh, and I had played uh, like Mario Kart DS online. You know, that mm-hmm. was online. I just felt like they should have had an online version for it if they're right. going to put this thing out. Yeah. Brett, did That's you all. have a Ferguson? I've got two. Okay. Um, first one is Sonic in the Secret Rings. And despite the fact that, uh, Sonic 06 came out last year, which was uh, widely regarded as a hot mess. I didn't like this one too much because it it was a different direction for Sonic. Um, And it just didn't really capture the magic and the fun of being immersed in in the levels for me. Because I've been a Sonic fan since day one when the first one came out on Sega Genesis. And this felt like enough of a departure. And somehow the story didn't really gel with me it just felt like more of a collect-a-thon and less about running through it fast and it, it just didn't hit for me i i don't know how else to explain it and uh, i wish it was more in line with the the classic sonic games that i was hoping for never, never and then never played that one. Oh, oh just never played that no. one yeah there's a few it was exclusive to the wii so that may be why mm-hmm. um and then it had like another follow-up one which was like medieval themed and sonic was using like a sword and shield so you know whenever they try new gimmicks it's like a 50 50 chance it would either like fly or fail and this is one of those situations where it just it, it didn't work for me kind of like how uh sonic boom uh upset quite a few of the loyal sonic fans uh in the series mm-hmm. so there's that and then this might this might ruffle some feathers, but I didn't like Halo Three that much. Um, I personally just felt it lost some of the charm of the first two, and I'm not, I'm not very good at first person shooter games to begin with, even though I try. But I just could not get into the story; it was it was too heady for me. So uh, you know, with those two elements going against me, it it didn't make for a fun time on my Xbox. Hmm. Okay, yeah, um, no Ferguson's here. Any other game stuff, Andrew? Um, yeah, the top selling game for this year. Uh, it's guessable, actually. Bi- Bioshock? No. Halo 3? <laughs> no. Um, it's something we talked about last year, but it, oh. 
Wii Sports. Oh, mm. hell yeah. Wow. Let's go, baby. Uh, that... <laughs> nice on. <laughs> nice on. Um... <laughs> Brett, did you have a favorite Wii sport? Uh, it was between the boxing and the bowling. Yeah. I just, for some reason, the bowling was so addictive with the way you can yes. point your Wiimote and like select the angle and really, really get it yeah. like the way you want to. And then if you flicked it, you can get like a nice spin on the ball. Yes. So whenever I go to my friend's house off campus during college and played Wii Sports, Nothing else mattered. I was pretty selfish, admittedly, where I'm like, out of my way. I got to get this just right so I can score a 300. And, uh, you know, I get pretty close. Yeah. It, it was addictive. Yeah. No, such a fun, fun, fun game. America gets it right. You know, not always, but this time they get it right. And Grandmas love it, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it really didn't matter. You could be three or like my I remember my parents would play. Mm-hmm. Um it really was maybe the last great thing that united this damn country. <laughs> we we need another Wii Sports game to to bridge the divide in our world now. Can, can I propose Wii Sports for president in 2024? I'll vote for him. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Brett, what category would you like to talk about next? Let's go with TV shows. Interesting category this year. Very, very interesting category. Hmm. Okay. You don't, I don't think know so? what that means? It, uh, yeah, it is. But <laughs> I, I, I mean it as like it's. There's nothing I feel incredibly passionate about, but there's mm. there is good mm. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, none yeah. of none, no, nothing here is my favorite, but uh, it's all fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I could be. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, I finally picked Super Jail as my top Ooh. show this year. Um. Uh, adult swim cartoon um had these just like really rough but like detailed sort of cool animation um and each episode had like a sequence that was like this flowing non-stop action like piece that lasted a couple minutes and like went through the whole like kind of like weaved its way through a whole weird environment like set mm-hmm. and stuff um just such a cool show coolest like animated thing i had seen uh non-anime animated thing i had seen in a long time um yeah so i just loved it i, I think it lasted like three years maybe I feel like the show paved the way for animation, adult animation like Rick and Morty because it just has a very bizarre sense of humor to it. Yeah. Um, very uh, uh, morbid and just uh, sort of different for that time. Yeah. 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 It definitely feels right that it's on Adult Swim because they're experimenting with different styles of adult animation uh, in the early 2000s. And I feel like they they hit their stride with this show yeah yeah and it was weird enough that i just remember at the time like being amazed when i saw it. i was like i can't believe this got made today it's just too it's just so weird in a time where i feel like things were starting to get a little more conservative in terms of right uh, like just spending money and like you know making everything as like commercial as they could mm-hmm yeah, it's kind of like a second wave of counterculture with the stuff Adult Swim has been putting out at the time. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, yeah. Cool show. Brett, did you have a favorite? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Chuck. Uh, it had a similar feel to My Name is Earl for me, which is a show I loved in the early 2000s. And it, it goes off this basic premise that there's this, you know, guy who's working at a Best Buy knockoff as a, as a tech guy. And this super spy lady, um, you know, finds out that he has downloaded something called the Intersect into his brain, which ha- holds a bunch of like government secrets. And when he's roped into this, this like trio of characters who have to solve like spy mysteries across the world, it really roped me in with the with the characters because he feels like an everyday average Joe, but also he's given like a sense of agency and authority and even some superpowers to the extent due to the program that he downloaded accidentally into his head from his own computer. Um, Logistics aside, I think it's, it's a great show with a, with a really entertaining story arc. And I, I like the, the romance that buds between him and this, the other spy, which you can figure out if you dive deeper into the show and also the side stories with his family and his best friend, Morgan, who also works at the, the buy more. That's it. It's, it's not best buy. It's buy more, but it's based off of best buy. And uh, it, it serves for some really fun, nerdy plot lines overall. So it, it's one of those shows from the two thousands. I enjoy rewatching as like comfort TV. Hmm. I didn't really watch this one. Did you Andrew? No, I mean, I might've seen an episode here or there, but I never, like. Yeah. I know the promo picture. There's like that yeah. infamous oh, yeah. where he's like in a tie and shrugging or something. Yeah. Yeah. He has a really good character arc where he just seems like this everyday nobody who knows nothing. And then he really comes into his own in the role. The more spy um, like assignments that he takes on from this government agent who beams them missions from like a underground lair that's built into, I think, the the Bymore or some other location in the show. Uh, I just remember enjoying it a really lot and, you know, being really emotionally invested throughout the whole series. So if anyone likes kind of nerdy, silly comedies, uh, this is definitely up your alley. Similar feel to My Name is Earl. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my favorite TV show of the year is one we've kind of already hit on, uh, premiered this year in the U.S., which is Flight of the Concords. Yes, love um, it. <laughs> yes, this uh, stars our boys uh, Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement uh, as the uh, as the band Flight of the Concords. <laughs> um, but uh, also, um, gotta shout out one of my, one of my favorite characters of all time, Murray Hewitt, uh, played by mm-hmm. Reese Darby, other manager. Um, yeah yeah this was also clayton kev lance colin and kylie's pick um you know there's i I think two seasons of the show um yeah and that first season is just undeniably funny um so so perfect in fact i might watch it after we're done i like i'm not i I think i have to too (laughs) it's so funny um yeah so it, it aired on hbo um Brett and uh, and Jermaine are from New Zealand. They move to New York City. Uh, they want to start their own little band. Uh, they play guitar, keyboard, and make these kind of weird, funny songs. Their manager is totally incompetent, uh, also from New Zealand. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of about their misadventures. And the episodes are all musicals, kind of, which is even stranger because I do not typically enjoy musicals. But um, these episodes are just such a joy um to watch so uh, flight of the yeah. concords is one i think that holds up pretty well 
I'm right there with you with the with the brand of humor. And I'm not really a fan of musicals either, but the way they do it, it just feels so seamless and unobtrusive that you can't help but yes. get into it. Yeah, unobtrusive is a good word. It's like always mm-hmm. and when it starts, you're never like, uh it's always like, oh okay, right. like <laughs> this feels a part of the episode. Um, Quick fun fact, uh, Rachel Blanchard, who plays Kristen from the Midnight Society and Are You Afraid of the Dark, stars as the most beautiful girl mm-hmm. in the room for that episode. Ooh, yeah. I have fun. to look out for that again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's there. She doesn't say much, but she's there. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's cooking up her next tale. She's <laughs> right. The, the tale of the of, of the goofy singers. <laughs> Oh man, I also love all the posters uh, for pr- promoting New Zealand in uh, mm-hmm. in Murray's office, and how they always just reference that. You know, like when people are like New Zealand, they just mention Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean they do have that Hobbit location there, so it's kind of hard to ignore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my pick. Thanks, um, yeah, Andrew. Close call. Uh, my close official close call is Mad Men. Mad mm. Men. Yeah, hey, Nikki and Jordan's Especially- pick. Nice. Uh, I mean, especially when that came out, that was like, felt like peak production television. Mm. Like, it looks great. Uh, it's written great. It's just like, you know, it's like, it was like the next thing after um, uh, Sopranos. Like, the next kind of like prestige show, let's say. Um, anyway, really loved it. Uh, it. The whole run was really good. The last season was. Uh, particularly good, um, yeah, just great. Gave job. us a lot of like our best like character actors. Now I feel like, yeah, um, yeah. I mean John mm-hmm. John Hamm, of course, just great. But um, you know, this is not a. I don't want to get too hot takey here. It's just <laughs> a show that always kind of bored me. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, That's said, fine. like I said, I don't want to get hot takey here. I'm, I'm not. Uh, this is not. Uh, a soapbox I want to get on you know like I don't want to mm. bash Mad Men because I do think you're right like the production was really good it was really kind of like nice to watch but I mm-hmm. never really got invested in the characters um, mm. I feel I, the I, same I, way about Big Bang Theory mm. um, I know exactly what you're saying I ju- and I think if it like was even a little bit less good it just it wouldn't be able to pull it off yeah but it's just written so well it's like even when nothing's happening it's sort of interesting to me i guess <laughs> yeah okay okay mad men i mean i know i'm in the minority and i it's why i'm not like because i know there is quality i know it's it is a quality show so it's not worth fighting mm-hmm. like it's not <laughs> you know we're not talking about something where it's like sure, borderline sure. <laughs> yeah um, right yeah um, all right, good. Yeah, Mad Men, obviously a huge sensation. Uh, that's, I think, yeah. one of the defining shows of the year. Yeah. Uh, Brett, close call. Uh, I got a couple. I'm going to go with uh, Burn Notice, mm. Gurren Logan, which is an anime that came out that time, which mm. centered around robots becoming bigger and bigger and bigger with like giant drills to pierce the heavens. That was just all sorts of ridiculousness. Um, Edgar and Ellen, which is a cartoon off of the Nicktoons Network, which was a spinoff on Comcast Digital Cable at the time, which I enjoyed. Uh, and just uh, Shaun the Sheep, which mm. is made by Ardman Animation. Yeah. And fun fact, a, a year after this, 2008, I actually toured um, 
England with my animation uh, class to visit Ardman Animation and see a lot of this pre-production work on Shaun the Sheep. So I have a, I have a huh. personal affinity for this show, having seen it in like the in the production phase where we saw all the sets, all the puppets, uh, all the people working on it from the camera, storyboards, you name it. it. It's a lot of fun and it's very charming in, in like a way that's most appealing to younger kids. Nice. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. really cool. I love Sean the Sheep. Love Sean the Sheep. Yeah. Um, and and uh, our buddy Big John also picked Burn Notice. Oh, hey, Big um, John. Yeah. He's a he's a gackoid on on Splat Attack. Yeah. So yeah, on both sides. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> love Big John. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my definitive close call is This American Life, uh, mm. which also only had two seasons. It's more obviously famous as a. Uh, radio show slash podcast by NPR Mm -hmm. but for two seasons they ran these you know documentary style episodes that investigated really kind of you know everyday things but also strange things going on in America and I thought it was just so well crafted and well done Um, I, I, I just sped through it when it came out and I felt like it didn't really make a blip like nobody was really talking about it um, but it, it, I mean, it lives on. It's, it's a great, it's a great podcast, but, um, I also really, really enjoyed the show. Uh, it was very close between this American life and, uh, Corey, Joseph and Ted's pick, which is, um, Tim and Eric's awesome show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that pretty, pretty important. I feel like in, you know, slightly altering, uh, the sketch comedy scene in a more, uh, I don't know. Like the word I'm thinking of is violent. Like it's, it's mm. like such a, it's such an intense and and crass and, and brutal show, but like in, in a way that's still enjoyable. Um, I love Tim Heidecker so much. Um, Eric's great too. I uh, love their movie. And I, 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 yeah, I just, I, I, not all of it's for me. Um, but the fact that Dr. Brule came from this, Steve Brule, uh, is is enough for me to even talk about it a little bit because uh, John C. I, I personally think John C. Riley's greatest performance ever is as Doctor Brule. Uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other other shows I want to give a shout out to. Yes, I did watch. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> I often wasn't. Uh, Human Giant was another sketch show uh, that I really really loved that year. Um, gave us uh, Rob Hubel. Uh, Paul Shear and Aziz Ansari. Um, uh, Nickelodeon. I haven't given Nickelodeon a lot of love on these year in reviews in recent years, but maybe the last Nickelodeon show I really loved, mm-hmm. even as a college student, was Yo Gabba Gabba. Wow. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, I, what, what drew you in? Man, it was just so creative. I, I like, I loved the, the use of music. Um, was it the Aquabats, I think, who did the music for that show? Yep. Um, I love the character designs. I love kind of the integration of animation. Um, it really felt like a fresh, like it felt like people who were making it had ideas more like a nineties Nick show. Um, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I sat and purposely watched it, but I had a young (laughs) nephew at that time who was a baby. Um, Mm -hmm. and they would throw it on and I would just be like, Oh hell yeah. Like (laughs) yo gabba gabba is kind of cool. Um, so yeah. But, uh, you know, and I don't know if this will come up on Ferguson. I don't want to assume anything. But, you know, the big show probably this year is The Big Bang Theory. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the show that like most people can readily identify. Now, none of our listeners picked it, um, but certainly I think ratings wise, there's no argument as far as that being, you know, just a kind of colossal entry into television. Yeah, I feel like that show was everywhere at the time and you couldn't escape it very much how I couldn't escape it at college because there'd be people who just walk up to me and constantly talk about these different episodes and the characters talking about certain things. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Is this a show for smart people? Is this a show for scientists? What is it? Yeah, yeah. Andrew, you love Big Bang, right? I don't know love if it's the right word, okay. but I have enjoyed it. Okay. You know, okay. I didn't get into it until like years later though. And like reruns. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Who, who's the, who's the guy who was on it that was also in my name is Earl. And then the later seasons of Roseanne with like the curly hair. I remember him a lot and liking his character, but not as much Sheldon. Uh, Johnny Galecki. Of oh, course. Johnny yes. Galecki. Yeah. That's him. Also. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Uh, Christmas vacation. Mm. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a nostalgia bomb. (laughs) Uh, Wow. I I do love, he's like become a weirdly good character actor, but the guy, the guy who played Howard on that show, Simon Helberg, Mm -hmm. um, he's, yeah, I guess that's just my point. Like he's turned into this kind of great character actor that pops up and stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's interesting to see where, people's careers go from the points where you first learn about them. Like big bang theory is my entrant point for a lot of these people who go on to do other things. But um, it seems like some people just find their own niche and really cater to the audience who resonate with them the most after being in a part of something that's so popular, so mainstream Mm. that they, they need that like more personal connection and less like appeal to the masses connection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, um, yeah, Simon Helbert. Did you either of you watch Poker Face this year? No, I didn't. Okay. I did. Oh, but yeah. I don't remember. He's the detective that she starts working with. Um, like the detective. <laughs> I just don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're if you're looking for another good Helberg performance, uh, a serious Cohen Brothers, a serious man, he plays a, a rabbi. A rabbi's assistant. Oh. oh, yeah, that's weird. Where he talks about the parking lot. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Mm, just, love me some Cohen brothers. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's like in it for three minutes, but it, he like kind of steals it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Way off topic. Uh, listener picks here uh, Meg, Chris, Allie all picked Pushing Daisies. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Um, Marley and Zach pick iCarly, another Nickelodeon classic. Um, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to start any fights here. Uh, <laughs> well, I've had three in me, so I might be more inclined to. <laughs> okay, Brett was well, Brett was not watching our Carly. Andrew, any I Carly in your life? Uh, no. Yeah, no. It, yeah, okay. Uh, Jeremy picked Journeyman. I've never heard of that. Um, no. Hmm. Uh, Vincenzo picked uh, the Tudors. Mm-hmm. Uh, br- I've heard of that. Uh, Brad from our uh, most recent uh, 15 episode picked Top Chef. Oh, oh nice. I've, I've gotten into that show like crazy <laughs> with my wife uh, over the past year. We, we've we almost seen all 20 seasons. And wow. 
I've never learned so much more about fine dining and uh, cooking terms in my life than watching that show. It's, oh my gosh. If you ask me anything about Top Chef trivia, chances are I can tell you. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I also enjoy it. Uh, I feel like oh, good. I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't tune in regularly, but I, I really do enjoy it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, pa- Padma's off now. Oh, don't you quit. No. She's off for good? Yeah. Well, see. Oh my gosh. She's been there for since like what season two? Wow, man. Okay, it's been a long time. Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> um, Spud picked Ninja Warrior. Mm. Um, oh, nice. John picked diners, drive-ins, and dives. He said, "Let's mm-hmm. ignore the recent Guy Fury controversy." <laughs> <laughs> what controversy would that be? <laughs> you re- you don't know? Mm-mm. Oh, just that he uh, he was like getting real friendly with Trump. Oh, yeah. Kind mm. of a bummer. I, I, I kind of regret eating at his restaurant at a casino recently. Then <laughs> I wish I'd known that before I went. Well, you know, listen, I, I don't know. Is surprising, th- really? That's well, that's one part of it, which is like, yeah, like maybe that makes sense. But also the clip I saw was they were at an event. Trump walked by. Guy Fury was also there. And Guy Fury stood up and kind of like shook his hand. And I'm like, I'm no. not sure this like. <laughs> I'm not sure this totally counts as like an allegiance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like would I, right. would I shake Trump's hand? No, but uh, Guy Fury is also a billion times more famous than me. So like, maybe it's just like famous people greeting famous people. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not ready to hang Guy Fury because number one, he's an Ohio boy uh, and mm-hmm. we got to support our Ohio boys. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure it was represented correctly, but I also didn't investigate it much. Uh, sure. I mean, John asked us to ignore this, but <laughs> I mean, it seems fairly safe for now, unless he said something so offensive that it would push away all of his like restaurant goers and yeah. fans of his shows. And to be fair, yeah, I didn't look into it, so I don't know if he tried to like double down and defend it or. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh... Just imagine uh, guy guy's grocery games taken over by Donald Trump. That would be really strange. <laughs> um yeah all right uh oh wait what else we got here um tim picked the whitest kids you know another a good year for sketch Mm. comedy yeah um justin picked rock of love with brett michaels i'll have more to say on that in a second uh lacy picked summer heights high josh josh picked phineas and ferb um shay picked greek and Logan picked skins, which comes from the UK. Wow. Okay. Huh. Um, Interesting. Ferguson? Yeah. Just, just, well, just to throw a few more out there that I haven't mentioned oh, okay. or that haven't been mentioned. Uh, Afro Samurai came out this year. Ooh, that's really, really great anime. Yeah. Um, the Sarah Silverman program, which mm-hmm. was uh, quite good. I mean, just like yeah. to me, hilarious. Yeah, it was. Fun, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Californication, mm. David Duchovny's yeah. return to our, triumphant return to television. Boy, right? our, 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 How did we miss that? Our, our sex fiend. I love <laughs> Duchovny. Uh, the Riches, um, which was like a sh- quite good show that I think got canceled early for whatever. Um, the Drinky Crow Show, uh, Kitchen Nightmares, mm. and oh, wow. Ramsey, right? <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares. Is that Gordon Ramsay? Good yeah. pick. Mm. Um, and of course, uh, Orangutan Island. What was that? Uh, that sounds random. 
uh, it was like this show where they just like follow orangutans on their island and like what they're doing. Whoa, that sounds cool. How they're as hell. like interacting with each other and stuff. That sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> was this? You know, now I got to look it up because was this like around the same time time period as Meerkat Manor? Yeah, it's like oh. a similar type thing. Okay, hold on. Did Meerkat Manor come out Ooh, I this love year? That. Oh, oh, five. We missed it. Oh, I we, dang. I think we might have mentioned it. Oh, okay. And what a what a show. Yeah. I, I love meerkats in general, thanks to uh, Lion King and to Moon mm. rocking it. So wow. shout out to Discovery Channel for uh, putting those shows out. Yeah. And, you know, in the U.S., uh, uh, Sean Astin was the guy who did the uh, the voiceover. Mm. <laughs> love that. Um, okay, good, good call. Good call. All right. Orangutan Island. Very cool. Uh, Ferguson's? Uh, yeah, for me, this was an easy one. TMZ, the show. Yep. God, That's a show? A, I thought it was just a website. Oh, it's a sh- it, was a sh- it is just... or was a show, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's still on. I checked somehow. Uh, the guy who, whatever, the TMZ guy, the worst. Um, and it's just like them talking about nothing. Like in the studios of TMZ. Like, what did they... <laughs> like they you know they're hounding some celebrity about something oh, it's like what did he say and they say he told me to get out of there and then they all like whoa wow yeah. that's crazy yes um it's just horrible yeah it's, it's like a staged yeah. newsroom you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sounds like a a few notches below jill McHale's the soup <laughs> yes oh, no no like like maybe miles like, yeah, <laughs> ocean level below <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, it 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 was absolute garbage. Uh, like mm. just an affront to journalism um, <laughs> and television, really. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I, I'll have more to say on this in a moment. Uh, Brett, did you have a Ferguson? Uh, I mean, it's safe to say reality sh- TV shows in general because I just don't like their format that much. Yeah. But obviously, there's exceptions with like Top Chef because I love that show. Right. Um, not a fan of total drama, drama Island. And I have to say, mm-hmm. I have to apologize to Kristen Fairly because we actually had our, had her on our show to talk about little bear, but I just did not like that show. It felt like animated reality TV meets survivor for kids on cartoon network. And that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I, I think that's absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I you know we talked a little bit about in 2006 year in review the kind of what I called I think the rise of trash MTV. Uh, yeah, and um, you know I think this year is just kind of like what you guys are been hitting on, which is the rise of like garbage reality. Um, mm-hmm. I I noted a bunch, including uh, both of the ones you guys just mentioned, uh, but pl- uh, uh, alongside uh, Kate plus eight. Uh, rock of love flavor Mm -hmm. of love keeping up with the kardashians comes out this year Mm. um a shot at love with tila tequila (laughs) (laughs) what a bizarre name (laughs) they're really reaching uh engaged and underage uh the x effect this just seems like maybe 2000 was the moment where everybody like kind of looked at each other (laughs) and was like you know what people will watch anything uh if if it seems real enough like if you're like kind of (laughs) a a voyeuristic reality um Mm -hmm. and uh none of it ages well i mean it's it's, uh you know like you said top chef is an there's like certain shows that feel like slight exceptions 
um, mm-hmm. Say Yes to the Dress came out this year, and I'm, I'm guilty of having watched that. Uh, oh, I like that show. <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of a new class of show. We are we are past kind of we're getting past the sitcom age and getting into um, Damn. this whole new brand. Yeah, I, I would I would boldly say that's like the it's it's a plot point on a graph that charts the downfall of humanity <laughs> as we progress into the 2000s. Uh, two- like just this ob- obsessive love for garbage and not fine art. It it gives me one of those Ralph Beekhead moments where it's like you don't know what you love, you should like <laughs> fine art, not not garbage pop art, right. you know. Yeah. And I would say, uh-huh. and I'm sure this is going to come up in interesting events, this is going to coincide with the launch of a major device. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk about that. I got words. 2007 is definitely, I think, maybe a turning point as far as like cultural interest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Andrew, did you know, there's a ton of great shows that end this year. Did you know any? Oh, yeah. Okay. Kidding me. Uh, <laughs> I noted King of Queens. Seventh mm-hmm. Heaven for uh, our friend Kevin. Not really for me, but Gilmore Girls hey, for you. Real not f- really for me. Wait, yeah. Uh, I noted that Seventh Heaven, The King of Queens, and Gilmore Girls all ended within three days of each other. I mean, oh my uh, gosh, it's like it's planned. Yeah, you talk about the <laughs> downfall of American society. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. maybe <laughs> see, I'm on to something. <laughs> um. However, Pimp My Ride also ends. Oh, boy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I actually like yeah, that show. That one's, <laughs> that one's fun. Yeah. Uh, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, which I enjoyed. Uh, Kim yeah. Possible, That's So Raven, Drake and Josh, Stargate SG-1, The Sopranos, The Andy Milanakis Show, <laughs> Yo Mama. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you guys have a guess for top rated uh, show? It's that ended? If you know, no, that started. Oh, or, I mean, ooh. not that started. Like just whatever the top, like ratings for this year were. Sopranos. No, American Idol. Not even close. Yeah, yeah it's American. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I'm on my fourth uh, hard set right now, <laughs> so I'm a little loose. Andrew, you breeze past your mama with such disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, uh, I, I have a few others here. Uh, that wait, 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 wait. Oh, cool. Before you go into that, do you guys remember the scene in Nutty Professor where there's that guy with the weird like haircut that has a Yo Mama joke fight with Eddie Murphy's character? Because that always comes to mind whenever you mention this in previous year reviews. Wow. I, no, I remember it. No. Uh, it's it's intense for any anyone listening out there. If you've ever seen Night Professor, go back and watch it and watch the scene where like um, Professor Clump becomes Buddy Love and and uh, <laughs> one ups this comic at this local at this local like bar type yeah. place where he's talking about Yo Mama jokes and it'll, it'll give you a ride of <laughs> laughter. <laughs> nice. Um... Uh, maybe you mentioned some of these. You're moving fast, but the OC, yeah, the OCNs that year. Mm. What? Why would I? Oh my god! It's so, <laughs> it's so it. freaking good. Uh, the the, mm. the Ringer podcast is doing a 20th anniversary this year. Check that out. Uh, Rome, HBO's Rome, mm-hmm. uh, cr- Cranky Anchors, Veronica Mars, mm-hmm. Queer Eye, and Road Rules original runs. Uh, all and uh, a show that if you like sports was kind of like revolutionary on ESPN. It was called Cold Pizza. Um, it, where they kind of you know just debated the hot sports stuff going on, and uh, 
now that's like all over the place but that was kind of the first show that really pioneered it god so that's what that's another show that uh sent the world down the drain no way people <laughs> just chatting about sports come on man uh <laughs> yeah i feel like world rules would be more to blame than this, this sports one uh george lopez yeah. ended that year uh the dead zone uh, the 4400 mm. Hogan knows best um, and drawn together were other ones I said. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that on Comedy Central. It was very uh, crass to say the least. Sure. Like I thought it'd be okay to watch because it's, oh, cartoons. But I feel like this is one of the staples of adult animation that are emerging in the mid 2000s yeah. where they're kind of breaking out the boundaries of what it means to be animation and to, to, you know, migrate away from the fact that animation is only for kids uh so it, it definitely proves its point there but some of those jokes man they they go they go pretty <laughs> into the tvma category if you know what I mean. sure sure yeah um well uh andrew we have three categories left we have books interesting events and movies what do you what do you want to do next uh i guess we might as well go through books okay. it's gonna be pretty sure. sparse for me sure um, the only thing that I had to note from this year is the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comic book, uh, releasing, mm. which was like, a. it was a, they used, I guess, some ideas from like a proposed sequel to Pre- Freddy versus Jason, but it would have Ash from, uh, Evil Dead in it as well. Mm, um, so just, cool. a, just a cool over the top concept. Um, yeah, something that would have been amazing on the big screen but didn't make it there okay it seems like they're big on horror crossovers around this time because didn't the freddy versus jason movie come out within a year or two of this um i would i want to say it was like 2000 or um, oh that far away but i like the combination because evil dead is one of those 80s horror classics and to see them interact together on yeah. a page seems very appropriate for the subject matter yeah that would have been insane uh, 2003 was Freddy vs. Jason, so I guess gotcha. it was fairly close. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, Brett, book? Uh, this was a pretty sparse category for me because I don't read as much as I used to, but um, I'm going to go with the obvious answer. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, mm. just because Harry Potter is riding that popularity train until the very end, and uh, this is the story that kind of tied it up in a bow and left it open for uh, the cursed child afterwards. And I, I found honestly, I, I don't, I don't like reading about like fantasy as much as I, I think I would, but I really enjoyed the events leading up to the final battle. Very similar to how I liked how star Wars episode six ended. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like sci-fi versus fantasy and they're going through similar heroes journeys here. Um, so whether you see the movie or read the book, I think it's it's worth anyone's time who who would be interested. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, mine's pretty hyper specific, though. Kylie also did pick it, um, <laughs> which is it's just called Elliot Smith by Autumn D. Mm. Wild. Um, Autumn D. Wild is kind of like currently one of the most famous mu- music photographers living. Uh, she photographs like for the cover of Rolling Stone. Uh, she made music videos for um, Jenny Lewis, The Rock and Tours, The White Stripes, Fiona Apple, Beck, uh, Wilco, 
Um, she actually made her first film a couple years ago uh, with Emma Stone hmm. called, wait, not Emma Stone. Um, what's the girl from um, The Queen's Gambit? Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm blanking. It's it's called it's called Emma, which I actually watched, and it's pretty good. She's just a great, great visual artist. Um, Is it Anya Taylor Joy? There you go. Yes, yes, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, yeah, Autumn Autumn uh, DeWild. So she's a famous photographer. She kind of befriended Elliot Smith early in his career, helped him uh, photograph stuff for his album covers and for his music videos. And so when he passed away tragically and. 2003 uh she kind of started working on this book which uh showed you know a lot of pictures that had never been released of elliot and she also interviewed um friends of elliot families of elliot and other musicians like beck and members of death cab and people who kind of knew him personally um just kind of giving their testimonies but just kind of a cool retrospective of someone who actually knew him and had kind of this insight into him um so if you know, obviously, if you're not an Elliot Smith fan, uh, none of this would matter to you. But if you are, it's really kind of a cool look um, at you know a great songwriter. I, I would love to see that because I I got introduced to his music through the Figure Eight album, and mm. yeah, she well, did that cover. She photographed that. Yeah, that was beautiful, and I loved every track on that album. Yeah. So I I would love to explore that more. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, any close calls here? I got nothing. No. No? Okay. Um, close call. I'm going to say a book called The World Without Us by Alan Weissman. Um, I really I really examined it as like an interesting study on what would the planet be like without people or, mm. you know, post the human species after they die out. And he proposes uh, eight key ideas on how, how the planet would change. And a lot of them maybe surprising, but some of them not mainly with how like it would be a very slow to recover from toxins and plastic would be forever integrated into the ecosystem. Because even if it, if it's able to break down over time through erosion and even like small organisms like phytoplankton eating it, it would still, it, it wouldn't break down enough to be eliminated from you know, the, the everyday like flora and fauna. Yeah. So I, I find that interesting because it reminds me a lot of a George Carlin sketch that I used to listen to before he passed away in uh, the next year, actually, uh, where he talks about like the earth plus plastic. And I'm like, wow, that <laughs> yeah. that's one of those innovations where you think it's great in the moment, but it actually, it actually catalyzed, um, you know, one of these like environmental things that further destroys the planet. So it, it's a little bit of a dense of a read, but if you're willing to explore some of the ideas, just even on a theoretical level without any emo- emotional investment, uh, it, it's worth looking at. That's cool. Yeah. I, you know, I think I never read that book, but I think History Channel made a show out of it. Mm hmm. And I remember being so disturbed because it kind of starts with the fact that like once people were gone uh, immediately, like domestic <laughs> domestic pets would just immediately be like a food source for yeah. higher tier animals. Mm. And I was like, I, I can't do, I can't watch, I can't watch dogs getting eaten by wolves. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Both, both you and I are dog owners. So yeah. it, it would just hit us hard there. Yeah. But it is, it is a fascinating idea and probably one, unfortunately in the next century, we're going to have to start uh, grappling with. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, I I picked a a book by Stephen Colbert called I am America and so can you, 
just a funny little book about all things America, a lot of po- political uh, stuff. Um, this was also Shay's pick. Um, you know, John John Stewart had done a book kind of like this a couple of years prior. I think this was just kind of his version. There was like little puzzles mm-hmm. inside and games and, you know, just a joke book essentially. But um, yeah, Love Colbert. And this this was a pretty funny book at the height of like George anti George W. Bush. Um, mm. America. So I felt like this book, you know, he's, he's posing as a conservative, but really poking fun. Isn't this around the time that Colbert got his own show with the Colbert report and straight away from the daily show? Yeah. I think this was the, either the year following or maybe two years in something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was, he was starting to kind of catch on, I think in the public at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, our most popular pick this year was Harry Potter and the Deathly mm-hmm. Hallows. Uh, that was Damien's, Vince, John, and Joseph's pick. Right uh, on. We also have people uh, picked uh, The Spirit by Darwin Cook. That was Clayton's pick. Um, Marley picked The Princess Diaries, uh, Volume 9. Um, Tim picked House by Josh Simmons. Allie picked Wh- uh, Whipping Girl by Julia Serrano. Chris picked Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. Hmm. Um, Jordan picked The Savage Detectives. Kev picked Robot Dreams by Sarah Varan. Uh, Lacey picked Out of Sync, Lance Bass. Uh, she said, can't wait for y'all to roast me on this one. Heck no. I'm all for, I'm all for a book about how dysfunctional NSYNC was. Uh, right. Also, he's the only NSYNC member to go out in space as an astronaut. So hell you, get a free, yeah. you get a free pass there. His only failing there, Brett, is that he didn't ask to get out of the spaceship and die in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brett, do you have Brett? Do you have any opinion on whether dying in space is a good method of dying? I was just thinking about that last night because I was watching the Star Trek episode of Black Mirror and they described one of the ways that um, uh, I don't even know the name of the episode, but it's like the Star Trek parody one. And yeah, it's a a great one. Uh, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. And the kid named Tommy is like hurled out in space and he describes it as being like frozen and compressed and also like cracking. And I'm like. Hmm, how does that weigh against like the Simpsons version where they eject themselves and they just kind of blow into balloons and pop and also a total recall where the guy's eyes pop out. <laughs> they all sound pretty awful, but maybe it feels good. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I want to find out. Yeah. Oh, that episode's the USS Callister. Yes, great, that's great, it. That's great it. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So you're, you're going to, your votes. No, don't die. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Per- perfect. Uh, Ashley picked 19 minutes by Jody Picoult. Um, she said she read it so many times that year and Ted picked the Yiddish policeman's union by Michael Shaban. Hmm. Um, yeah. Any other book stuff, Andrew Ferguson's? Do you guys have heard? No Ferguson. Uh, just the top selling book, which is something called a thousand splendid sons by Khaled Hosseini. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel just, like I almost always don't know what the yeah these tassels what is, are. What is this stuff, and how is it not <laughs> Harry Potter? Was I lied to? <laughs> um, you know, we haven't really, considering the fact that the last like six years we've talked, there's been a Harry Potter book. We've never really gotten into it, and I'm not saying we have to do it now. But mm. um, did you guys read the Harry Potters? Uh, I got up till 
book four or five, it got really dense for me at that point. And then I just kind of hopped over and watched all the movies. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did read the seventh one and I, I enjoyed it a lot and the whole Horcrux finding adventure part. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I did not, I've been, I've been sitting on the first book, like right near me trying to like make myself just go through them, but, uh, I haven't been able to get there so far. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, me either. I, did, I didn't read them, but I do. I do love those movies. Okay. Okay. Well, let me just do it because the category I am so excited for is movies. Um, <laughs> I just think this is an almost unparalleled. There's there's a year in the seventies that comes close, but uh, <laughs> I think otherwise this is a pretty much unparalleled movie. Oh God, it's so good. I'm excited for this. You know, like obviously, obviously, obviously we, we don't have exactly the same taste, Andrew in films, but I would, I I don't know how you look at this list and go like, this is, this is dope. It's good. I mean, there's good stuff on it, but I feel like there's masterpieces. There's almost always, there was a couple dud years recently that we had, but besides that, I feel like it's not, it's not to me like obviously way better than every year we've. Oh, that's insane! That's <laughs> insane. Okay, I mean, okay, you're gonna. I, All I, claims, okay. Joey. I I'm so nervous about what you're what you're gonna pick here. Uh, okay. I, I can't imagine what's on your huge list because I know you're not putting a lot of this stuff probably that I I, I, I made a list of 31 films where I could I could understand. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ones. Okay. <laughs> That is a lot, but okay. <laughs> uh, well, my top movie for the year is the Darjeeling Limited. I think we have a chance to make this kind of a life-changing experience, and I think we need it. I want us to become brothers again, like we used to be. You're the two most important people in the world to me. This is incredible. Why haven't we spoken in a year? Because we don't trust each other. Is that my belt? Can I borrow it? I want us to be completely open and say yes to everything, even if it's shocking and painful. Do you have any questions? I do. Okay, go ahead. What happened to your face? Um, <laughs> love it. I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's my 16. Okay. <laughs> so I, I get it. I'm, what I'm saying is, this year, I get it. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's great. One of one of my favorite Wes Andersons. Um, just I don't know. Maybe it, for me, it like hits a lot of specific notes or something that like resonate with me. Um, but yeah, love it. You got Jason Schwartzman again. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You got uh, Adrian Brody, who's so good. Uh, you got Luke Wilson. Or wait, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Uh, they're on a train in India. They're three brothers. Kind of trying to come together. It's a really, it's a beautiful story, beautifully shot. I think it's one of Wes's like uh, most underrated. Hmm. Uh, it's it's. Yeah, I like that one. Very, very yeah. good. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. I feel like it kind of got written off. Mm-hmm. But it, it's mm-hmm. good. No. I feel uh, like Wes, most people who are like talking Wes aren't really talking Darjeeling. Yeah. Okay. You got to trust me here. I'm a film bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett, what was your pick? Uh, I mean, I have a few for every of these, but I think if I'm going for 
most moving and playing the more serious card. I'm going to go if I am legend. I'm not, I'm not infected. I'm not infected. Please. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Six billion people on Earth when the infection hit. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday when the sun is highest in the sky. I really enjoyed Will Smith's role in this. And for me, it was like the definitive film that separated him from more silly roles like Men in Black and even The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, I just remember really, really being engrossed in the environment where he's just kind of exploring this post-zombie apocalyptic world. And he finds that dog and just trying to get by as far as he can until something happens. And uh, it, it really hit me hard when I saw it in theaters. So I'm going to have to go with that one. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that's in my, don't worry, that's in my top 31. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that I do think it was like a movie where the first time I saw it, I wasn't sure if I loved it. And mm-hmm. the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it more when it sunk in afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like it. Um, but yeah, it's just not one of my like go-to favorites or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Will Smith tough journey for him yeah he, he does surprise <laughs> he does surprisingly well at more serious roles like he even does, in seven yeah. pounds he was really good in that yeah. too yeah i agreed yeah yeah guys i just want to like i want to play a screaming sound effect i'm so <sighs> excited for this year in movies <laughs> um maybe one of my favorite movies ever not my favorite movie ever but boy i i remember this theatrical experience so vividly of the movie ending and me being like glued to my chair and just being like i have to see this again and again and again um andrew you have any guess here uh star stars an actor that i frequently talk about on this podcast as being god tier Hmm. I mean, a, a, um, a director that I frequently talking about, like no, talking uh, about is God tier. <laughs> um, no country for old men. Oh, you're so close. Mm. You're so there close. will be blood. There will be blood folks. Mm. Yeah. We'll offer 150,000 for full title. When do we get our money, Daniel? <laughs> I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I see the worst in people. We have a sinner with us. Get out of here, devil! I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I can't keep doing this on my own. With these... um, There will be blood. Oh my God. This movie bangs so hard. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis in really what is one of my favorite performances ever is Daniel Plainview, Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, kind of a story of the West in America, kind of the exploration of the oil, Mm -hmm. uh, what would be the oil industry, um, Pacific Union out West and the rise of that through the eyes of this kind of horrific, indifferent man uh, with a quest for for money and wealth mm-hmm. uh, versus this kind of false religious 
Prophet, played by Paul Dano um, as Eli. Um, I just, it, it's re- it really at the time was just a film that like floored me. The soundtrack by Johnny Greenwood, I think is like one of the great scores of the last century. Um, I don't know, I you know, and it was like a movie that when I saw it, I wanted to start just bringing everybody to. Like I went and saw it with my dad, and he loved it luckily. Like it encouraged me because people who I brought it to really liked it, like floored them. Um, I love the cinematography in this film. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I, it's hard to express how much I like it, but um, I think it's a all-time great film. Doesn't win the Oscar, just loses out. Uh, but um, my top four films here are like some of my favorite films of all time. Like I would just, I would fight anybody. Oh, wow. Um, I, I can't remember if I said this, but Brad and Kylie picked it. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's very good. I like it. It's on my close calls. Um, uh, I, I feel like for me, it falls into the category of like, I can't rewatch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be in a particular mood for it. Um, you gotta, but, you I, gotta but it's be, very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I do know I do know what you mean. It's not like a let me throw this on yeah. the first twenty minutes, there's no dialogue. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh it's it's yeah, it's a challenging movie, but as a whole, it's like just it's a piece of art. It's like going to the art museum and like seeing something that's like, oh hell yeah. Um Yeah, this is one of those films that I couldn't escape at film school when I switched majors in college. Mm. Like every everyone in my major was talking about it. And saying that it was like an artistic masterpiece in a in a commentary of uh, American progress, and yeah. I ended up seeing it at like the Dollar Theater at a matinee with some friends afterwards. After enough of the buzz, you know, pressured me to see it, and it's it's really good, really gritty, really harsh, but um, it really makes you think about you know some of the sacrifices and just all the logistics that go into things like capitalizing on the oil industry, and it oddly remember it oddly reminds me of um, the film Oppenheimer that I just saw a night or two ago, because Mm. there are these significant events that just propel American progress forward. And I feel like the oil industry with like them striking gold uh, is part of that, you know, notable events. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, totally. I, I, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but like mm-hmm. that, what you just said would make sense. And knowing historically about Oppenheimer, that would make sense. Yeah. It's um, a brilliant movie, by the way. Check it out. Yeah. I'm excited too. Um, yeah. So this is boy. I mean, I love Paul Thomas Anderson and this, if you haven't seen there will be blood, it's, it's just like, it's, it's not going to be the easiest two and a half hours, but it's also going to be like fulfilling, I think enriching. Um, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, close call, Andrew. Uh, yeah, my close call. I'm even sort of surprised, but I'm going with Zodiac. Who am I speaking with? This is the Zodiac speaking. Is there something I can call you that's a little less ominous? Sam. Sam. Is there somewhere we can meet Sam and talk about this? Meet me on top of the Fairmont Hotel without anyone else or I'll jump. Heavy unit, go to the Fairmont Hotel. Hmm. Hell um, yeah. That's a good one. 
Hell yeah, Andrew. <laughs> Get it. That's Clayton, Zach, Jordan, and Ted's pick. Maybe nice. our most wow. popular. Maybe our most. No, no, no. There's one more that's a little more popular. But um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just uh, I feel like even at, when it came out, I didn't pay it that much attention. But like over the years, I've watched it repeatedly. And every time I kind of enjoy it more. And it's just like one of the great um like paranoid movies mm-hmm. uh i it's it's uh just a if you haven't seen it it's uh the main guy like it's based on the real zodiac uh case and the guy's working on it and uh but it's just like the reporter kind of like getting uh jake gyllenhaal just getting like deeper and deeper into trying to solve this and getting himself kind of just like deeper into his own paranoia and trying to figure this out Mm -hmm. um yeah great movie uh and it's a weird it's really weird because it's like it's 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 sort of scary and depressing it's not like a feel-good movie but it's something that for some reason like i can rewatch a lot yeah well Mm. because there's still there's still that number one it's very long so that's that's a challenge but um there's this great kind of like investigative detective angle to it, right? You have like yeah. a journalist who's trying to crack it in uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who's so good uh, you, and Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Um, and then you got detective played by Mark Ruffalo, who's also trying to crack the case. Plus you got all, you, it's like a, a whodunit, you know, you got yeah. these cast of like John Carroll Lynch as Arthur Lee Allen is so freaking good in this movie. Um, yeah, it's it keeps you kind of on the edge of your seat, even though it's really casually paced. Um, yeah. Every time, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, <laughs> I have this weird feeling of like maybe this time I will figure out who those Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that though. There's films that keep you guessing, and you have to rewatch them over and over and over to notice the little nuances to help you piece the clues together. And yeah. considering there's like a star-studded cast here. It, it really draws you in. I re- I remember at college, this was one of the most rented uh, DVDs at one of the places mm. I worked at because uh, I worked at a video store at the time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, it definitely was one of those films. Like I looked it up, it it, it lost money on its uh, run. Like mm. nobody went and saw That's it. That's a shame. Um, but I feel like it, it was like a word of mouth thing. Like a year later, everybody's like, wait, yeah. did, like, did you see Zodiac? Like, why didn't, why didn't anybody see this movie? Especially because mm-hmm. it's from David Fincher, who at this point yeah. had, you know, done Fight Club and, and Panic Room. And, you know, he was making good movies. So, right. um, yeah, what a, this was this is my number three. And honestly, my one, two, three on any given day. Like you, you might ask me tomorrow and I'd be like, no, Zodiac. <laughs> so, um, what? Yeah, what a film. Yeah. I love films that make you think and really piece together the details like this yeah. one. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Close call, Brett. Uh, ooh, I got, I got a couple. I'll just rattle them off real quick. Um, so I'm going to go with the Simpsons movie, yeah. Transformers and Ratatouille. Colette, wait! Colette, you came back. Colette, I... Don't say a word. If I think about it, I might change my mind. Just tell me what the rat wants to cook. Ratatouille? It's a peasant dish. Are you sure you want to serve this to Eagle? 
because I was in uh, my 2D animation major at the time, and I actually got to meet one of the people who worked on the film who did a seminar at our college. His name was Mike Crum Hoffner, and uh, he described his process of like getting hired by Pixar and doing some of the 3D modeling for them. So that gave me like an extra motivation to go further with uh, animation is kind of like my storytelling medium degree to do. And as someone who loves like gourmet food, food that's like prepared with love and care, this really hits me right in the heart, especially with like how they describe how fresh Italian bread or French bread rather sounds when you like crush it. And then uh, just Remy the rat kind of controlling the the other chef, how to like do the ratatouille to the point where when the food critic eats it, it instantly transports him back to, uh, you know, his childhood days when his mom made ratatouille for him. Spoiler alert. This, this this oddly enough is in line with my fascination with Top Chef because with food it's not just consuming you know things that grow on trees it's more about memories it's more about sensations colors textures scents flavors that really all come together as like an art form of an experience and this this cemented my my love of you know food gourmet food um that's something i really appreciate so uh shout out to ratatouille and then of course transformers because i grew up playing with the toys so mm-hmm. can't go wrong there and then simpsons because i'm a i'm a big simpsons fan and come on spider pig was everywhere you can't <laughs> ignore that <laughs> um the simpsons movie was also spud's pick and uh it's it's my 17 but mm-hmm. um it's so impressive because this movie like should have maybe failed like yeah as far you know like the fact that they kind of pulled off a successful movie out of this historic franchise is mm -hmm. you know you gotta like tip your hat yeah transition without skipping a beat i mean sure you can notice the the digital refinement that's going on with the more grandiose animated scenes but it still fits in line with the simpsons universe to the point where it's not gonna push away diehard fans because it feels too different like right it, it just blends really well yeah yeah Andrew, did you, you like it, right? Um, oh no, I've, that's a I've no. <laughs> say about it. Uh, okay, you know, dang. Okay, 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 okay. At what point did you be like, no, I can't do this? <laughs> I. Uh, it's your Ferguson, right? It's one of my Fergusons. Why? Just mm. let's get into. I know I haven't okay, done mine fine, yet, but let's fine. just get into it. Um. I just like I remember being excited for it. I was still kind of like holding out hope that like I was still kind of holding on to the idea that The Simpsons was like this perfect thing. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing it and I remember like so, sort of forcing myself to like it. Like mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Um I mean it looks good, but it's like a lot of retreading story wise. Um, it's just missing that old magic. Mm. As far as I'm yeah. Concerned. That's, that's a fair assessment. I feel like this is a change in the guard with like Simpsons production quality where it loses some of the heart in favor of a more polished look. Yeah. Yeah. And just the jokes, like they're not, they're just not as developed. It feels like maybe they, you know, like they came up with something, made the joke. Whereas in the, the the golden era, it was like they did like rewrite after rewrite after rewrite. It just right. doesn't feel like it has that. Yeah, like it wasn't as developed. I can I can understand that point of view. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not a straight up win for me with the Simpsons movie. I, I had to warm up to it to like it. Um, just because I'm, I've been a long time fan like you guys. Uh, but I don't know, maybe, maybe time changes your perspective of things. And I'm, I'm less critical now as a mid 30 something than I was as a, as a teenager. So it's hard to say if it, if it ages well compared to the classic seasons or not. Yeah. I guess it depends on the specific jokes or the characterizations of like Homer and Bart to really, really sell it. Um, yeah, I, I should say I don't hate it. Like I, you know, it's a fine experience. It's just that it's just that early stuff is so good. I It's like I can't get over. Yeah, it's hard to hold the candle. Yeah. I get that. I don't. You're wrong. <laughs> this movie rocks uh no i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, well we got three different perspectives now you got the person who hates it someone who's impartial and someone who loves it so but andrew listeners can decide for themselves andrew andrew simpson opinion is worth taking seriously as a, he is a lifelong uh, yeah. lover of it so um I, I respect it um my close call andrew you mentioned it it's also ali chris and lance's pick it's no country for old men by the coen brothers what's the most you ever lost on a coin toss sir the most you ever lost on a coin toss i don't know i couldn't say call it call it yes for a whole lot just call it Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to say, call it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. Uh, based on the Cormac McCarthy novel. Um, I, I only rewatched two movies in preparation of this. I've seen, obviously, all of these. Um, this is one of them. And, I mean, God, this movie just hits so hard. Um, every every performance in this thing, uh, Javier Bardem, who won an Oscar for playing Anton Chigurh, um, Tommy Lee Jones as the sheriff, uh, Josh Brolin as our lead, Woody Harrelson uh, down the line, just expertly made film. Uh, interesting. There's no score in this movie. It's just natural sounds. Uh, and you just kind of like live in this simmering Texas universe of this kind of crime gone wrong. And um, I don't, it's not my favorite Coen brothers movie, but it's an undeniably, uh, incredible movie um it's and this is one i could actually throw on at any time like it's Mm. even though it's a little bit brutal it is still like an adventure Mm -hmm. you know it's like this guy on the run with money and uh the bad guy is so good uh, and javier bardem that it's like it's almost like a batman movie it's like the the villain is so (laughs) the villain is so compelling that it's you you kind of just watch almost for that yeah Um, so, I mean, you got Tommy Lee Jones thrown in there, so it really is yeah. a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what people don't know is this is actually Two-Face retired in Texas. Right? Um, no, the yeah, epilogue. I, yeah, I mean, it starts with this beautiful five-minute pretty much narration from Tommy Lee Jones about the state of the world. 
Um, and, and, and it ends with it too. It's like this thesis statement about how things change and how, when you get older, like it no longer belongs to you. Hence, you know, the, the title, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just love this film so much. Um, so beautiful. Uh, it did win the Oscar that year for best picture. And, um, you know, between there will be blood Zodiac and no country for old men. I know they're all kind of serious and grave films, but like, just undeniably like masterworks from I think our greatest directors um in in uh the Coen brothers Paul Thomas Anderson and David Fincher um, I wholeheartedly so, agree yeah it's 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 something um our most popular pick amongst our listeners and you guys have any guess this is my number seven mm. and it's the other film I rewatched because so many pick people picked it but I hadn't watched it in a mm. long time it's a comedy uh, I'll okay. guess this. It's this is like the next one on my list. Hot Fuzz. Nope, but that that uh, Hot Fuzz is guess. my number eleven in Colin Heath's pick. Oh uh, by the way, Corey picked Ratatouille, which is my number twelve. Uh, oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure I know it. No. Y you guys uh, know it. It's like one of the most famous comedies it. of the last twenty I, years. I got it. I'm Super, sure it's one of those Super things bad. where we try to think about it, and then when we hear the answer, we're like, "Oh, I knew that." It is. Yes, it is that. <laughs> Uh, it's super bad. It is super bad. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Damien, Justin, Kev, Joseph, Lacey, and Logan all picked uh, the two, 2007 comedy Super Bad. I rewatched this. You know, some of the jokes are, uh, I think, by today's standards, a little cringe, but mm -hmm. undeniably funny. Great. Uh, Michael, God bless Michael Sarah. Uh, <laughs> he's so good. And just a cast of great characters Bill Hader. Seth Rogen, uh, Jonah Hill, um, amongst yeah. uh, Joe Trulio, just yeah. <laughs> a cast of funny people. And that, you know, you get what you get when you have a cast of funny people. Right. It feels like it's one of those movies that put them on the map where, you know, they're kind of flying under the radar with their more independent, smaller audience films. But when this, yeah. ex when this came onto the scene, everyone knew about them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is also oddly enough for Seth Rogen, and this is Jeremy's pick uh, my number 14 knocked up. They came out the same year. So like, Oh, interesting. Super bad knocked up. I mean, that's a big year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the, for, mo for more. Yeah. For more mature comedy. Yeah. 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 Um, so undeniably funny. Um, I'm going to go through some of the films we haven't mentioned here. Cause there's just so many I love. Oh, wait, can I just say <laughs> Greg Matola who um, directed super bad. I just think this guy, we this guy deserves a little more respect. Uh, direct mm -hmm. director on Undeclared, director on ah. Arrested Development, mm -hmm. uh, directed Adventureland, Paul, a movie I think is really underrated. Uh, the yeah. FX series Dave. Uh, he most recently confessed uh, or directed <laughs> the great John Hamm uh, relaunch of Fletch. Confess Fletch, um, which I really did think was funny. Um, hmm. Greg Matola doing the Lord's work, and nobody has given this guy any credit. Uh, but if I was making a comedy in Hollywood, he'd be like my first call. Um, is that how it always happens? Like the best stuff flies under the radar and yeah. it leaves it for the audience to figure it out. Cause I absolutely love undeclared and some of his other works that he's done, but it, the only way I found out about it was through word of mouth. I didn't like hear about it through mainstream media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that shows a real, it just unfortunately passed by people. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, I will say there's not a lot of comedy directors, especially present day that you would know. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like, that's true. A, yeah. They don't, know. they don't become household names, yeah. right. but Matola should be, 
I'm with um, you. Other other movies I noted here. My number four of the year, uh, the Danny Boyle, in my opinion, yeah. classic, and starring uh, the star of Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy, uh, Sunshine. Yeah, mm. excellent. Love. I mean, just about as good of a sci-fi as I think has been made in the last twenty years. Um, I, that's uh, Killian Murphy and um, Chris Evans, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. My number five, Stephen King, uh, 1408. Okay. I love it. Love it. I've, I've never seen it. Andrew. Never I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, you, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes here. You and I are going on vacation this next week. Can yeah. I bring it? Yeah. Sure. Sure. I think you're going to like I, it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I just I'm, had this like sixth sense that it was going to be mediocre. So I was just avoiding it kind of. Mm, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, I like uh, John Cusack. <laughs> John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, the Haunted Hotel. Hell it's yeah. The, it sounds good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Rocket Science is number six. Uh, mm. That was the uh, kind of coming of age movie I mentioned. I yeah. love the Western. My number eight. Uh, 310 to Yuma. Um, that's Christ- Christian Bale uh, and Russell Crowe. Uh, we have the assassination of Jesse James. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Hot Rod uh, with Andy <laughs> Samberg and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, I think we saw this movie in the theater together. It's mostly people from the state, but it was called The Ten. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, on my, my list. <laughs> oh, my God. The Ten is so underrated and absolutely not available anywhere. I tried to actually rent it, and I can't even rent it. Dang. <laughs> it's so. like this hidden secret. <laughs> you have to go in the back room where, where um, not the faint of heart can dare go for oh. the secret movies. There's there's a sketch about cat scans, about buying cat scan machines that is so good. And there's a Ooh. sketch where Winona Ryder falls in love with a ventriloquist dummy. That just, that. I'd love to see that. <laughs> uh, we have Lars and the Real Girl with Ryan mm, Gosling. We have Walk that. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story with John C. Sure. Riley. Uh, we have The Mist, which I thought was a pretty good uh, take on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that was Darabont. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Dead Silence. I think is kind of an underrated horror you movie. You know what? Okay, I can't believe you're even mentioning that. Uh, but yeah, it is good. <laughs> good. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Like Hell it yeah. seemed like it should have been dumb, but it's great. Yeah, and I think that was uh, um I think James Wan was kind of making that off the height of his mm. saw popularity. Mm, yeah, it makes. I sense. think he produced. I don't know if he directed or produced it, but it, yeah, it's kind of one of those weird. It's another. That's a. It's a doll movie, but um, it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Before the devil knows you're dead. Uh, Margot at the wedding. Uh, Juno is Nikki's pick. Ooh, that's a good one. I remember that. Yeah. Um, We got the orphanage. uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force (laughs) colon movie film for theaters. Yeah. (laughs) Adult Swim, uh, bringing it to the forefront again. Yeah. Um, Vince picked Atonement. Um, We got Michael Clayton, Gone Baby Gone. Uh, John picked Blades of Glory, the Will Ferrell comedy. Mm. Uh, Marley picked Enchanted, the Amy Adams uh, hit film. Uh, Ashley and Tim picked Trick or Treat. Uh, Meg picked Death Proof from Grindhouse. Um, Josh picked Disturbia, the Shia LaBeouf Mm. uh, remake. Mm. And Shay picked Hairspray. Um, so just tons of movies. Oh, this year. Yeah. yeah. You, you weren't kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I like both Grindhouse segments. Yeah. Uh, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, also, just to mention some stuff we haven't mentioned. Uh, 30 Days of Night. Mm. Oh, yeah. Excellent vampire movie. Yeah, very. I, I went to a sneak preview of that. It was I think oh, one, wow. maybe the only second sneak preview I went to. But at this point, cell phones were a thing. And they mm. like scared the hell out of us. They're like, if we see a cell phone. <laughs> so, oh, my. And there was like a guard standing there, like staring at the audience. So I was like, yeah, oh. I, I think they had like those even in the previews too. like if you leave your cell phone. Yeah. People are going to get you while you're yeah. watching the movie. Yeah. Because a lot of people will record it on their cell phones and share it with people. It really added to the fright. Yeah. Yeah. Extra dimension. Uh, also, 28 Weeks Later. Mm. Pretty mm, good. That's a good one. Really like, good. Better. One of those movies that I feel like also with uh, Dewey Co- or Walk Hard. Um, yeah. yeah. Just like movies that I thought were going to be terrible, but <laughs> mm-hmm. turned out to be pretty good. Um, Hollow- the Rob Zombie Halloween. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, this uh, movie called Vacancy. It's a horror movie. Oh, no vacancy. Or is yeah, it yeah. vacancy? Or yeah, I think it's vacancy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like it takes place in a whatever, like a motel. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Reno nine one one Miami. Mm. Mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Man, what a year! What a year! Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Well, let's talk yeah. about the stinkers. <laughs> uh, besides, besides Simpson movie, yeah. uh, did you have any others, Andrew? Yeah, um, my kind of like—I mean, this should be the real Ferguson. I feel like is kicking it old school. Um, <laughs> Never seen it. Uh, is that a sequel to Old School? <laughs> no, no, it's oh, okay. Uh, Different. It's a uh, what do you call it? Break dancing movie with Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> All, those words in the same sentence yeah, perplexes like, me. My, my thought exactly. What the hell? Um, I don't, you know what? I don't even hate it as much as it sounds like, like as bad as it sounds. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, they showed it on Comedy Central sometimes. It's okay. It has its moments, but it's a real like Ferguson pick. Okay. Okay. Um, Brett, did you have Ferguson? A couple. Um, as as I'm looking at this, I just want to throw out Norbit because that feels mm. like a a movie that st- steers a little too far away from the realm of Eddie Murphy that I appreciate. Um, it was just a bizarre film to me, and it, it made me feel uncomfortable watching it. So, shout out to that. And then uh, <laughs> that I mean, if you want to check it out, you can, but uh, I'm not going to rewatch it. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, underdog. I, I feel like this is starting the trend where they're just kind of rebooting everything and giving it a 3d treatment. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always translate to something better, particularly because I like, um, what's his name? Jason Smith. I think his name is from my, my name is Earl. He's like one of the characters in it. Oh, Jason then, Lee, Jason Lee. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in that and like Alvin and the chipmunks around this time. And yeah. it, it really soured my, experience for reboots in the sense that i'm i'm very familiar with the original cartoons from like the 60s around the upa era so i got to see like the original ones either on their own or via wienerville and it's hard to compare when you have the nostalgia for something you're really fond for and then they just kind of polish it up with like all these fancy special effects and it feels like some of the heart is missing so i can't in good conscience recommend underdog or alvin and the chipmunks for that matter and any movies that would uh <laughs> tie into those <laughs> sure sure yeah. um 
I got four here, but there's two that are I'm going to key in on, um, which which is the number 23 starring Jim Carrey. Mm. Uh, I was mm-hmm. so psyched for this movie, Jim Carrey in a psychological thriller. How could this be bad? Uh, mm. And it was, I thought, uh, very bad. Yeah. I mean, I like sort of was entertained by it once. Uh, it was, I thought it was brutal. Uh, <laughs> it felt monotonous to me. And, and then even bigger of a letdown, we got a new Mr. Bean movie this year, Mr. Bean's Holiday. <laughs> that poster killed me, Mr. Bean with his leg sticking out the train, making a silly yep. face. This is thing's yep. going to rock. And it really, you know, just didn't live up to the original. Yeah. Um, I actually just saw that in like the last couple of years. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was fine. It, it was uh, not the original but yeah it was, it's, no. yeah it was, it was a little forced yeah. Um, yeah teaming up teaming up mr bean with a kid like no i don't want that um you know the b movie stunk that was jerry seinfeld's big return <laughs> yeah. um and uh epic movie which you know i'm not anti-parody i love mm-hmm. a good i love a good uh film parody if it's done right mm-hmm. space balls what have you but like you know epic movie is just it I think actually I saw it at the theater with my friend in college and he walked out. I'm, oh, I'm wow. Fairly, I'm fairly certain. I've, I feel like it's one of those movies where you reached a point in a franchise where you, you can sense that the producers are just cashing in and they're, they're devoid of creativity. Yeah. And look at the poster for Epic movie. It really I looks like, like a like 15 year old design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rehash, repeat, yeah. give them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, what a year at the, what a year at the movies. I, I, I I would certainly say the good outweighs the bad with the amount we've mentioned. Yeah. 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 Andrew, number one movie. Um, yeah. Uh, pirates of the Caribbean at world's end. Ooh. All right. Yeah. I mean, sure. (laughs) I mean, if you love pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, it's decent. I think I was out at this point, but yeah. Yeah. Number, number two is hard to beat in my book. Uh, I I think we talked about it last uh, 2006, but um, never just could never get into the Pirates of the Caribbean. But I have like vivid memories of those original pirates, like mm-hmm. figures on the ride. They were yeah. like that, like animatronic things that were mm-hmm. just the thing, like nightmare fuel. Yeah, yeah, it's something about the way they moved that made you feel unsettled. Kind of like the it's a and small their world faces ride. Were like yeah, scary. Mm-hmm. I resonate with you there. I don't know if uh, at World's End really has much going for it other than the tons of like white crabs carrying the ship. Because that's all I remember from that time when it came out. Like yeah. at least Pirates 2 had Davy Jones and all his agenda and the Kraken. But by the time you get to number four, usually there's a dip in quality in a film series. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys. We, we're let's let's wind this puppy down let's lay, <laughs> let's 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 put it to sleep with interesting events <laughs> yeah um i didn't feel like it was that interesting of a year really actually but uh yeah. my pick is the release of the kindle frames oh, okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry you really you really swerved on me there i was like okay yeah the release yeah of the, the release right? of the iphone what oh, the no. kindle <laughs> i was expecting that well i mean it kind of revived a dying book industry like amazon almost single-handedly kind of uh brought this whole new interest in reading i feel like yeah like a new uh, way to read that was more convenient 
Yes. Um, and there was some, like, there was some not as good uh, e-readers before this, but it just never mm-hmm. really took off. And this kind of was, like, the beginning of um, the, like, self-publishing was becoming a bigger thing. And it uh, Amazon's kind of, like, the reason why this is, any of this is working right now. So, yeah. Uh, Without them, it'd be a hard sell for yeah. any other, like, e-reader. Yeah. So, you know, as much as Amazon has probably done wrong, mm-hmm. they did do something right here. Um, I'd agree with you. And it's a great, pro- it's a great thing, really. Like a mm-hmm. light, uh, a light object, but also it had that like different screen on it. So it like, mm. made it more tolerable to look at in long, right. over long periods of time. Yeah. Something about the, the brightness of the screen makes it replicate the pages of a book pretty well yeah. under normal lighting circumstances. So yeah, I got to give props to that. Yeah. I mean, I still prefer a physical book if I can, but it's so convenient. I right. do use it and really like it. So question for you, Andrew, since you're big into books, do you read it? Like is a Kindle conducive to books with like pictures or images in it, or is it really just meant for books with all words and prose? I think now it's good enough to uh, display images really well. Okay. Um, you know, I'm probably like- just thinking of the earlier models where you just see the words and like tap on the other side and yeah, search for yeah. the page you want. Um, yeah. I mean, it has kind of come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think now it's like just as good. Okay. Just curious. Joey, any thoughts on the Kindle? <laughs> I just didn't see it coming, but I like it. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I have, I've never used a Kindle, but oh. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, I'll take your word for it. Jeez. <laughs> it's like it's got all the convenience of the pages you could ever want, but none of the thickness of the book. And I yeah. think yeah, that was especially... the main appeal for the people who bought it. Mm, I want yeah, that. And I, like, I want that thickness. <laughs> yeah. Well, like too. traveling or something, uh, it's very nice to be yeah. able to bring a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff with in no space. For know? sure. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to lug a couple of books, you can just put it all in there. I think what we're describing is technology. yeah i mean there's a lot of transitions uh this year and technology is one of them and you know trading off convenience for like tactileness of the physical media is is one of those things you have to consider yeah yeah um brett what did you pick uh are we on current events yes okay um I'm going to go with the NASA's New Horizons spacecraft visiting mm. Jupiter, yeah. which I, you know, personally, I have, a, I have a personal affinity for Jupiter because of the way it looks and, you know, the whole red spot and a lot of the research that hovers around it. So uh, in the science community, this this really excited me. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like fun NASA stuff this year as far as mm-hmm. end of orbiters and satellites going out. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Love Jupiter too. <laughs> Jupiter love unite. Andrew, you like Jupiter? Yeah, you know, I like all the planets equally is my stance. <laughs> Are you more of a Saturn guy because of the rings? <laughs> I do love Saturn, but Neptune's my jam. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say side tangent. How do you feel about Pluto being declassified as a planet? Cause that rubbed me the wrong way when I first heard it. Ooh, recent news, Brett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm jumping out of my time frame here, but it's just something that's stuck in my side ever since I heard it. 
Um, I think I think if NASA has a system which by which they grade <laughs> what is a planet and what is not, and it doesn't meet it anymore, then like, yeah, that's that. Like, I it does mm-hmm. suck because I you know learned it in school and I don't want to have to unlearn anything. But uh, you know, we we know Pluto's there. It's I mean, <laughs> that's the why thing, replace it with a number that's hard to remember. <laughs> I mean, I get what they're doing. Um, I just, I kind of agree that it's an unnecessary, um, in this case, distinction, I guess. Yeah. I, I was hoping there would be another planet that were re- replace it that's more validated. But oh, uh, I don't know. No, we, we just, we have this arbitrary system suddenly thrust upon us and it can cause quite, quite a stir depending on who you ask. Uh, you know, if you bring up that debate, is Pluto a planet or not, despite what the authorities say? <laughs> <laughs> and you mean the police. Don't even mention it or they'll come and get you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, my pick here, we got for the first time ever a three-way tie on Jeopardy. March 16th, Whoa. 2007, <laughs> Anders, uh, Anders Martinson James Kirby and Scott Weiss all walk away with $16,000. Anders, we'll come to you first. Which woman did you think of? You came up with, who is Bonnie Parker? You're right. She and Clyde Barrow shot in 1934. You double your score to $16,000. let us go to James Kirby. Wrote down his response rather quickly, and I will assume he got it right. Did he? Yes. Wager. Hello. 8000 He doubles to 16000 as we come to Scott Weiss. Scott, did you get Bonnie Parker? <laughs> It did. What did you risk? Aha! 2,616,000, the first time ever a three-way tie. Enjoy the weekend. You'll all be back with us on Monday. No new players next week. Come see us then. So long. Damn. What a deal. The odds of this happening are specifically 1 in 7,200. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, Not that crazy odds, really. Not that crazy, but uh, I, I, I love that. It, you know, a tie on Jeopardy is just hilarious. It's like, yeah, in, yeah. In, it's uh, fun to witness. You don't even consider it happening. So, no, uh, you know, it, like <laughs> it was, you said, it it's, not, quite, it's not, it's not that interesting thrill. of a year. So, uh, you know, I love this little kind of quirky one. I went quirky. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I feel like outside of serious Jeopardy, the only way you would see that happen is on Celebrity Jeopardy via SNL. And those sketches are just, timeless in terms of its funniness yes yes someone else someone else. oh uh ashley also picked this our listener mm. ashley wow nice um, is seven i feel like that is that a really high uh ending amount Sixteen thousand. no yeah. that's that's pretty like standard yeah like yeah middle you know okay. i've mm-hmm. seen higher a lot higher um, oh well excuse me <laughs> i've seen people in the thirty thousands or okay know. um and before we move on andrew are you ready brett are you ready Four. I guess what? it's Dino time, folks. Ah, cue <laughs> <hear> the music. <laughs> it's time for your Dino count. Uh, we got our Dino count here. Two thousand. Listen, listen, folks. It's a meat and potatoes year. Uh, mm-hmm. We got thirty-three dinosaurs discovered. Uh, this in, this includes the Achillosaurus, the Albertoceratops, the Eotriceratops, the Gigantoraptor, 
and the <laughs> and the that's panty- unusually like uh, like straightforward. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's like like we're trying to get people on board with this. God, this raptor's yeah. big. <laughs> what do we call oh. it? Giganto raptor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like it they, definitely appeals to the kids. Yeah, like someone's five-year-old son walked in. Is like that's a gigantic raptor. Like, that's yep. it. Yeah, yeah. Bone fat. <laughs> and then my favorite name here is Panty Draco. Ooh, in reference to Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, and Panty is sexy. Ass. <laughs> it's the sexiest. I, I want that image out of my head. <laughs> this is a this is a dinosaur in uh, stockings. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's our dino count. <laughs> you know, considering you introduced these this new segment for your year in reviews, I really appreciate the amount of work that you put into into this and uh, <laughs> revealing to the public the amount of species that we wouldn't normally think about. Yeah, for sure. They're they're out there, folks. Uh, and thank you, Brett. Is, thank you. It You're is welcome. unbelievable. You've brought attention to the number of new species being discovered all the time all the time like no doubt this year they've found some and nobody's talking about it just like we've gotten this (laughs) far in this podcast and i'm not talked about the fact that there's a congressional hearing where it's been confirmed that there's extraterrestrial life discovered by the government (laughs) right and i saw that too nobody's talking about this shit it's like the most (sighs) revelatory discovery of the last wait a minute like what is wrong with people's priorities we should be thinking about the things that don't Normally, this is 2007. Con- no, oh I'm saying this year, Andrew. Oh, oh okay. I'm All just right. saying people aren't talking about stuff that matters. Like, wow. They need to be. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, too, talking- too busy for reality TV. People are talking about dumb shit like 90s Nickelodeon. We should. Don't knock what we do for a living. <laughs> Brett, this is not my living. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It's side uh, hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, is hard to catch these things when they're like buried in four hours correct. under, yeah. you know, whatever polit- political thing is like happening right now. Yeah. yeah I got to watch the new season of Is It Cake? I mean, <laughs> ter- extraterrestrial life can wait. Um, it makes a compelling argument through the thumbnails because those are pretty convincing. Thumbnails. What, like, wait a minute. What did they find? I didn't, I didn't like, hear about this. Andrew, no, I didn't, wasn't. You didn't see the congressional hearings? No. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. God, they had uh, congressional hearings and like in, people in the Air Force and in intelligence have pretty much confirmed like the U.S. and government is in possession of like non-Earth hmm. <laughs> materials. Confirmed. Like, huh? uh, What's that? My, Andrew, my friend. When we're done with this, you gotta go look it up. <laughs> okay, all right, makes all right. me want to rewatch X Files all over again. <laughs> well, trace the clues. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, close call. Close call. Yeah. Uh, right. Close call is Enya receiving the honorary doctorate from National <laughs> University of Ireland, Galway. Enya. Wow. Boy, I was just talking with someone about Enya. What a well, you know, because um, Sinead O'Connor just passed away. Ah. Rest Aww. in peace. Rest in peace. Um. Yeah, another Irish queen. Just yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, how did you know she she killed it? She like, abs- how, <laughs> a voice of an angel, my friend. Yeah, uh, it's one of those people though that I'm like, I can't believe it, like worked out, and it's great. I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. you know, she somehow. A, it's kind of it like the uh, Kenny G thing. There's just an audience yeah. for it. Yeah. There's just yeah. a there's, very specific niche. It's yeah, it's a genetic code of like Enya gives me life. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about those Pure Mood CD commercials oh, where she's like, God. who can say? Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. <laughs> our friend Brett and I used uh, to listen to that like in his car yes. all the time. Yes. Uh, or yeah. his mom's car. His you mom, had one of the Pure Mood CDs? His mom loved Pure Moods. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Big um, yeah. Brett, close call. Uh, this one's tough for me because... I had to try. I originally picked a Ferguson, and I'm trying to justify it as a close call because I don't. I don't know how it feels. I don't know how I feel on the impact of humanity. Period. After it was released, uh, I mean, some some say it's good due to the convenience and our ability to connect with people. But on the other hand, you know, I feel like we're becoming too comfortable with this constantly in connection with us. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Sure. It's. Uh, you know, the invention of the iPhone forever yeah. changed technology and society as we believe it. And uh, it, it's more of like a neutral thing because I can see the good and the bad in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was Damien's, Clayton's, Justin, Meg, Zach, Jordan, Colin, Shay. Uh, they all picked the advent of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm with you. It's it's kind of a hard one to parse because like it's clearly done so much damage. Uh psychologically emotionally mentally to people but it's also a tool which can change literally change the world Um, yeah it brought us together so at least it did that (laughs) although andrew and i may be wrong here am i correct in saying you've never owned an iphone that's correct yeah yeah Um, oh you're more of an android guy uh yes but uh, yeah yeah Um, Not, not much of a smartphone person up until recently that's okay. true. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess some. Nothing wrong with that. My um, grandma still has a flip phone and she functions normally. <laughs> <laughs> that, should be, that should be like flip phone, <laughs> flip phone's tagline. You'll still, right. function, you'll still function. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a weird thing to me because it's like, I guess I just didn't get sucked into this the way a lot of people have. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm just not looking at my mm-hmm. phone constantly. Um, right. Yeah. And to, to me, it's like that uh, that classic like sci-fi invention of like having all the information right in your fingertips, like right mm-hmm. here, and that's what it is suddenly. So it's amazing in that way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, in- interesting question because I was thinking about that this leading up to the recording. There's there's an episode of Futurama called the late Philip J. Fry in the reboot yeah. of uh, the series where they essentially go back in time and they choose to kill certain historical figures to alter the course of history. Would you go back in time to kill Steve Jobs to prevent the invention of the iPhone or not? Uh, I definitely mm, wouldn't. No, yeah, because um, it's going to happen regardless. You know, like yeah. this type. They were there were other companies already like. Not exactly what the iPhone like Samsung. was, but yeah, they were like hedging towards it. And I think, um, I don't uh, know. So I, yeah. I, I mean, don't know I, if, it, ahead, it, it's one of those inevitable things that if you think you've eliminated the source, someone else is going to come up with it regardless, just because of the natural course of, uh, was it Moore's law where technology increases exponentially each year or something? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, and if we're going to go down the road of like, would you kill this person? I think it's just like a, I'm not sure it's ever a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the you just can't possibly imagine the uh, ramifications of doing it, like whatever it would be. 
Yeah, yeah, like the unintended like, repercussions would somehow yeah. make the reality somehow worse, even though you yeah, think yeah. it make it better. Yeah. I mean, okay. right now, at least we know we exist. We might cause yeah. something that just destroys everything by accident. Yeah. I mean, after seeing that Oppenheimer film, I'm thankful that we've made it past 1945. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The iPhone, I mean, the iPhone here, I think, is kind of lingering over the year. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly revolutionary. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it definitely. It's the way we communicate. Yeah. I it, mean, it, just. Okay. No. Uh, I mean, it feels like one step in this, you know, in the whole phone evolution, like mm-hmm. uh, feels like sure it was already, but it had to happen and it, and it, and it happens yeah. this okay. year. Was it the first, it was the very first smartphone. Is that yeah. what I mean, to my knowledge? Yeah. I mean, there was like the Blackberry, but the Blackberry wasn't, um, it was cumbersome with all those little buttons for the keyboard. Yeah. And it didn't like, it didn't house everything. It didn't house um music and yeah. yeah it was more like a leap than a jump in terms of phone technology yeah yeah okay um my close call I, when i was researching the year this just made me laugh so much i had forgotten about it <laughs> um and unbelievably two other people picked it uh kylie uh picked it and chris um it's known as the boston moon and night panic uh this oh. is in the marketing for the aqua Teen hunger force film uh, they lead. They left devices around Boston that looked kind of like light brights that had images of Moonanites. Oh my gosh, I remember this <laughs> because they did a mural of it at our school, and they thought there was a bomb scare. Oh my gosh! Correct. What a deep memory. Correct. The Boston police had to send out a bomb squad uh, because they thought these devices were bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to make this huge settlement with Turner Broadcasting in which uh, pretty much the broadcasting network had to pay the city of Boston $3 million um, for the cost of removing the devices. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going there in two days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, they also donated an additional $1 million in goodwill funding towards Homeland Security. Um, and uh, an episode from season five titled Boston was produced as the series creators re- response to the scare, but adult swim pulled it to avoid further controversy surrounding the mm. events to the bomb scare. Um, I just love this idea that this like little animated movie from cartoon network <laughs> had this left a few light brights around Boston and it became this like huge dilemma. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, probably like caused the movie to lose money. Um, yeah. So, like, <laughs> I think a big part is due to the fact that most people don't have context for it. Like if you're not a fan of adult swim, yeah. you would start to suspect something's off. Yeah. 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 Um, I was just upset that I didn't have the chance to like find one out in the oh, wild. Be, <laughs> I know. So imagine cool. if you got one. Yeah. Just have yeah. it in your room. Yeah. It'd be yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Uh, Ferguson's. Uh, yeah. My, my like, world ferguson was windows vista coming out uh, <laughs> step backward felt like i used it forever but it was yeah. terrible and it was kind of to me it kind of feels like it kicked off the we're gonna just release stuff all the time whether mm-hmm. it needs to be changed or not you know yeah wasn't there another windows uh release that was that's you know had a severe backlash to it. Like I think windows seven or eight. Um, it feels similar seven, to that. Yeah. Seven was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then they like patched it and tried to make it okay. Um, 
you know, I'm in the camp of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Cause XP is re- pretty darn yes. reliable yeah. compared to like previous versions. So why did they need to add an, a bunch of extra features that we really didn't need other than for it to look good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. But on a personal note, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Joey, but so, cause I don't remember the exact year, but it had to have been right around here that our uh, childhood hangout spot got torn down. Mm. Yeah. You know, I won't, I can't debate you on it cause I don't have a firm reference, but it was, yeah. we were in college when it happened yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was at the top of our street. Um, yeah. yeah. We just, we, it's not the name of it, but we called it the beverage store mm-hmm. and um, it was just a perfect, you know, board, board any day, walk up to the top street, get a snack, get a drink. Yeah. Really mm-hmm unbelievable actually i mean thinking back it's like this setup doesn't really exist around here no and and if you remember next to it it's gone now but was that antique store oh uh, yeah um so it was like this beverage store and this antique store which would look like a house like you just go yeah. in it was like a house but um yeah kind of lucky yeah for sure yeah that's a good so. one i'm sorry to hear you you guys lost that special place because it reminds me of this place we used to call the playscape that was like a, a wooden castle or fortress for mm. just kids to have fun when they were young. And uh, when they just paved over it and put like a plastic version that was much smaller in its place, it, it lost a lot of the charm and yeah, uh, conflicted with my memories as a result. So I, I can empathize with you losing something that means a lot to you yeah. that felt sacred at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a cool structure, you know, Andrew. Mm, like it was yeah. like old, it was old look. Old it looked like building. it should have been like in the old west or something. It was like yeah. an old <laughs> wooden building. Um, yeah. And then they when it, they tore it down, it was like, well, I wonder what they're gonna put there. And it was a, you know, of course, an effing parking lot for <laughs> yeah. the business mm-hmm. next door. It's like, really? Like, oh, figure. Um, anyway, yeah. Good one. Good one. Brett, did you have a Ferguson? Um. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, mainly the fact that the price of right ends or mm. is the Bob, Bob Barker uh, yeah. era uh, before, um, what's his name from whose line is it anyways? Drew Carey. What's his name? Drew Carey. Yeah. Come on. Took show over show some respect for the Cleveland legend. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Drew Carey with whose line is it anyways. I just, it doesn't feel right to me to see him in prices, right? Like yeah. Bob Barker is the face of that show. Um, so, you know, take with it with a grain of salt, if you will. And then, of course, Mr. Wizard, who is a Nickelodeon mm. legend for pioneering <laughs> yeah. of science, yeah. dies on June 12, 2007 from multiple myeloma. And we've actually covered an episode on him over on my oh, wow. podcast, okay. paying tribute to him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ted and John also mentioned uh, Bob Barker retiring mm-hmm. um, as their pick. But uh, OK, yeah, those are good. Yeah, it's um, one of those moments that feels like a changing of the guard of the times where something you're so familiar with mm-hmm. suddenly is shaking up. Yeah. 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 Um, I mentioned here, um, you know, I, anytime there's a mass shooting, I just bring it up as a reminder that like, this is not a new problem. Uh, mm-hmm. it is the same problem over and over again every year. Uh, we had mm-hmm. the Virginia tech shooting where 30, 30 people were killed uh, yeah. on the college campus. Um, you know, and people react like, okay, we're going to do something this time and nothing happens. Uh, so, uh, it's an issue I think in this country we should care about. And uh, yeah, don't stop paying attention. Don't stop advocating for stricter uh, gun laws. Um, Yeah, we also need more attention on mental health because a lot of these people seem like really pushed to the edge when they're when they're at that point. So uh, 
don't don't take it for granted because that that was also my Ferguson mm-hmm. when I heard the Virginia Tech campus shootings. It just really shook me from a place where I felt like I was vulnerable at college at the time. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Uh, our listener picks here. Uh, we got Vincenzo graduating high school. Heyo, nice mm-hmm. job, Vincenzo. Yeah. Uh, Spud says Appalach- Appalachian State beats Michigan in football. Uh, Marley says the toy recall. I'm not sure which hmm. that is. Hmm. Uh, Tim mentions NASA launches Phoenix, Mars lander. Mm-hmm. Nikki picked Brittany shaves her head. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Kev says it's his last year of high school. Um, Corey said he was in attendance as Justin Verlander of the, at the time of the Detroit Tigers pitched his first no hitter. Always cool to be on a no hitter. Um, Big John picked one that's close to my Ferguson here, which is uh, Red Sox winning the World Series. Mm. Uh, The reason I mentioned this is because the Cleveland Indians that year uh, were playing the Red Sox and were up three to one. They needed to win one game and then lost three games in a row. And uh, they would have easily won the World Series that year against the Colorado Rockies. Instead, uh, the freaking Boston Red Sox. uh, (laughs) Uh, So good job, Big John. But that should have been our World Series. Um, (laughs) Lacey picked performing the Liberty Bowl halftime show in Memphis. She says band nerds unite. It's pretty Mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, And then Kylie, besides the uh, Moon and Nights Boston bombing hoax, uh, mentioned that she bought a house during the housing Mm -hmm. crisis uh, that year. Congrats, Kylie. Yeah. Made it happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which leads us to our sports recap. Uh, (laughs) It's a tragic year for Cleveland. Um, My my favorite of all teams, uh, my beloved Cleveland Cavaliers, make their first ever NBA Finals this year. Uh, And what happens? They get swept by the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, They don't win one game. Um, So uh, the Spurs win the NBA championship that year. Um, the Red Sox win the World Series over the Colorado Rockies. They sweep them. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, led by Peyton Manning, uh, win the Super Bowl over the Chicago Bears, 29-17. And in the NHL Stanley Cup, the Ducks uh, defeat the uh, Washington Senators four games to one. Hmm. All my sports nuts out there getting their test getting their rush of adrenaline here. Quite a stir up. <laughs> <laughs> and that rounds out uh, the year 2007. So says BOC. Um, any other thoughts, guys? Man, what a year! Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just so much happening, and I feel like the world is transitioning to a more technologically dominated dominated space that we know today. So. Uh, you, you could argue that it's like the last bastion of uh, what we once were familiar with when we were younger before we transitioned. Yeah, I think I think there could be truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, good, pretty good year overall. Yeah, um, I liked it. You know, it was that Jeopardy tie that really sold it for you. Yeah, I think that was the one. <laughs> Put it over the edge. <laughs> I, my prediction, and I've not done any research on this, but my prediction is 2008 is going to suck. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, it'll be interesting. I think we've been kind of kind of going up the other side of the curve lately. That's that's my feeling. It feels like we've been going up, 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 up. You think this is the yeah, peak? It might though? be the turn. Well, well, we got the recession coming. I feel like yeah. things, are, things are about to get sad. 
Yeah, I feel like 2009 <laughs> is going to be the definitive like down point where it just goes down. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's a weird year in film for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, although 2009 gives us Beatle Rock Band. Oh, I'm, I'm already ready. Oh, man. We got we to play that together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's end on Rock Band, folks. We can all agree. Rock Band for President 2024. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm voting. Oh, wait. No, it was We Sports. My bad. Okay. Rock I'm voting for both. Band. How about Rock Band? How, how about one is the president, the other as the vice president? Yeah, Rock Band vice president because it rocks a little too hard. We need uh, something mm-hmm. a little more stable. So We Sports for President. Yeah. Nice on is the perfect policy for foreign relations. <laughs> I, I love I love nice on is like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the sign in your yard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, very nice. Uh, well, Andrew, what do we have coming up on uh, Patreon next? Uh, next, we're going to be talking our Talk Clarissa Explains It All episode. Oh, nice. Yeah, finally. Uh, okay. Really good. Got yeah. Talk Clarissa. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that will be followed up by the our top Pete and Pete uh, characters. Yeah, oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Top yeah. character. That's going to be, impo- I mean, impossible. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, and, and, and we mentioned last time around, like, I think, uh, I think we're due to revisit Clarissa and doing a definitive kind of, uh, top five. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in the meantime, uh, if you want to find us, we are mainly on Patreon now, but we're still on um, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. Um, you can email us at orangecouchpodcast.gmail.com and you can find us wherever podcasts are, particularly Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Hobby. And uh, Brett, Splat Attack is in all of those same places. And uh, I just want, I think we both want to thank you so much for spending three hours uh, discussing this year with us. Yeah, it's been a pure joy. Um, I forgot how much fun it is to talk with you guys, you know, even since our early days. So if you ever have any ideas for like Podtober or down the road, I'm I'm more than welcome to join you. And likewise, we're more than welcome to have you on our show once again. Awesome. Very awesome. Uh, well, uh, we hope we'll see all you Wii Sports stars next to <laughs> sipping on um nothing actually oh, it was okay. coffee but oh okay, okay. I, got, I, I got one left over here i can <laughs> teleport it to you <laughs> oh man